I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 28. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you are listening to us, we are so grateful that you are. Um, we are so excited to get into all things Bravo this episode. But before we do, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to us. Leave a like. Leave a Rating and a review, it helps us get into that algorithm and get us seen by even more people. Um, you can also follow us on all of our social medias, whether that be TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we are posting new content every day over there, uh, getting more stuff out, uh, more content for you to see and listen to and watch and love. And speaking of new content. What about content to wear? Ooh, content to wear, not only on your body, but on your phone and on your you know couch because we have pillows and blankets we have all sorts of things over at our new merch store yeah 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 Yeah, we have partnered with threadless um and are bringing you guys six wonderful designs for now we will continue to expand that over time um but we've got some really exciting things over there we've got a lovely uh, design of just our logo because you know we love a nice uh, neon neon sign a neon <laughs> sign moment um we have another one with our our sign on it that is like has our little um avatars on it and our spilling the tea on reality uh, slogan catchphrase thing there that we've literally never said on the podcast, but you know what? <laughs> it's still a catchphrase. We're catching it now. Um, <laughs> it has been caught. <laughs> it has been caught. Um, what else do we have over there? We have a, a witches of WeHo shirt, which you personally designed in 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 and put together. Like it's really it's really great and top notch. And if you were particularly loving uh, this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, you're gonna love this T-shirt. Oh, the T-shirt has. Uh, what's that? Uh, the spell that Kristen gives yeah. to uh, yeah, it's a well, to Ariana. We'll talk about it in the episode, yeah, we'll but it's on it. the shirt, and it. Um, I I think we can officially at this point call Ariana one of the witches we ho. So I think if you're looking at the shirt, you can tell which one's Kristen, which one's Stassi, which one is Ariana, and which one's Katie. Yeah. Um. They're they're. It's pretty clear in my mind. At least it was when I was designing it. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. And and if you want to get the full spectrum, you can get the Witches of WeHo shirt, and then you can also get uh, the, the poo poo heads of poop head poop hole village poop hole village shirt, which is literally three poop emojis with uh, lightning bolt necklaces, which I love <laughs> so much. It was so fun to design that one. Um, I, I'm really excited about that one. Um, Wear that when you're watching the reunion next week. And, yeah, and of, <laughs> of course, because it is up right now. A gay in his MB dot com. Uh, sorry, a gay in his MB dot threadless dot com. Um, and you can go on there and order any of those designs. Uh, they, like I said, they have. We have shirts. We have like mouse pads that you could put on your desk, and you know, cute. Um, we've got a little throw pillows and blankets. Um, we've got, uh, phone cases, we've got stickers and magnets and little like button pins. Um, we literally, you could buy almost anything you can think of on there. Coffee mugs, travel mugs. Anything and everything over on againismb.threadless.com. Be sure to get your merch. We're so excited to be bringing that to you. Um, but we're even more excited to be talking about what we're talking about this week. And what are we getting into, babe, on this Bravo 
episode. Well, we have got Jersey. You know, we, we, we're going to be talking about the, the wedding episode next week. So yes. we, we're waiting to get into that. But this week, we've got that uh, lovely party at... Uh, <laughs> lovely. Lo- lovely. Uh, literally, the whole episode is at this party, isn't it? Pretty like, much. There's like a little couple little things here and there. But the whole thing is at this, like, prohibition part. No, it's not prohibition. Yeah, no, it is. No, it, yeah, it, yeah. The, this prohibition. Do we need another 1920s party Apparently. on Housewives? Uh, anyway, um, we've got the Prohibition Party uh, on uh, Jersey, and then we've got the finale after the finale for Vanderpump Rules. Oh, my God. Blood pressure through the roof. If you have your access to miracle, uh, medical marijuana, you will need it for this episode because it's, oh, it's I, a lot. I was tense. all like I literally was so tense going to bed that night. Like It was... Oh my god! It was it was a lot. But before we get to any of that, a little lighter. A little. We've got a little bit of a lighter episode over with our ladies in um, Atlanta. Yeah, it starts really hot in terms of the it's the tail end of Ross's birthday party and everything that's been happening. So Sheree, uh, we saw last episode, is called Martell over as uh, you know the stuff about him is being coming out from Anyata and from Kenya. Um, Sheree's asking about the DM and Kenya says that it was at least six months ago, which is true. Like it was two closer, years. But well, I mean, closer to a year and a half, but yeah. Yeah. But still, I, I, you know, I don't think I, I don't. Kenya wasn't thinking of the timeline in her head. Um, Candy and Courtney eventually get separated after their fight. Um, and then over, like I said, Sheree calls Martel over and basically tells Mon- Martel what Monietta had said about that. They had heard stuff about him being with another girl in Atlanta. And Martel basically says that the other girl got the short end of the stick because he's with Sheree all the time. He's like, I'm with Sheree all the time. I'm here in Atlanta. So if there is another girl, she got the short end of the stick. I'm like, okay. Like, okay. But you could also be coming to Atlanta when you're not telling her. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. Um, and Sheree is basically like, you know, Candy's minions aren't going to ruffle my feathers. We're wearing feathers, not ruffling them tonight. Um, Can, okay. Candy and Courtney are, are, st- are still, well, Candy particularly is still being like, why the hell did Courtney come at me like that? I love Marlo in her confessional being like, Candy and Courtney are feuding like JLo and Mariah. I don't know her. <laughs> and then, Jeez. and then in the, Marlo was fun for the little we saw her this episode. Her earring falls off when she says that in the confessional, usually goes, Oh, my Aaron, my Aaron fell off. My Aaron don't know me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Marlo is great when she's not directly involved in the conflict. Yeah. But the second she gets in the conflict, she goes low. Yeah. So Sanya is basically checking on Kenya or, or on Candy. And it's basically like, I don't know why Courtney came at you with that. I just met with her last week, you know, d- d- needing to t- saying that she needs to talk to you. And Candy's basically like, so why would Sanya like not give me a heads up going into this party that like Courtney yeah. like had issue with me like that? You're kind of like putting, you know, me in the line of fire and Don Juan, the straight Don Juan. Go, <laughs> Where? How? Goes, I just I still don't. She, anyway, she needs to bounce on over to the factory and help her get those clothes. made. <laughs> Talking about charades. straight men don't know how to read like that. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. I, I, the evidence is not, is, is not holding up. <laughs> the math ain't mathing. The straight ain't straighten. Um, so Sanya basically tells the other girls what happened and they all go check on candy. 
Um, and Candy's like, she was just like bopping her head at me and stuff like that. And Kenya and yet are both like, yeah, Courtney's very anim- animated and just start doing the like bopping motion <laughs> to each other. <laughs> and Down One says that Candyana came out and they're like, oh yeah, this is redheaded Candy from the, oh, yeah. from the pillow talk. Um, you know, Marlo's Marlo is just, as they're all having this conversation, Marlo's still at the, ta- the, at the casino tables and all that stuff. She's like, I'm the only one behaving all this therapy works y'all. <laughs> No, it doesn't. You just not involved. That's all. Yeah. Um, they're all still talking. Sanya's come back and changed outfits, which like, uh, if you're going to have a hundred thousand dollar budget, you can do one outfit. It's fine. It's not that long of a party. Um, but also like, if you're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a, on a party, I, maybe you do want to make sure you get a couple new dresses out of it. I don't know. Sure. But, uh, but theme dresses, I don't know. Um, candy, uh, based, cause the topic of what they're saying about Martel comes up again. And candy's telling Sheree, like, you know, you'd say you always would want to know. And Sheree's like, I do want to always want to know, but I want to have you have all the receipts and not part of the story. And so the DMS then come up again. And then, so now Sheree specifically asked Martel about the DMs and she's, and he's, he was already starting off wrong. He went one way too defensive to like some of the stuff he was saying, like, cause she's like, Oh, is this coming from Kenya's phone? Can she talk as like, basically like Kenya needs to like talk and not that. And Kenya kind of jokes with him in the sort of Kenya way where she laughs as if it's like, you know, it's, she wasn't being serious by this, but she's like, Martel, you're really aggressive right now, which comes into play later but she's clearly joking uh, in this. she's clearly like yeah. it's not serious um you know martel basically says like you know i'm just defending myself from being accused of something and kenya's like no one's accusing you of anything and that's my thing it's like it's not accusing him it, at least in terms of the dm in terms of the other girl yes but this dm it really is just kenya being like i want you to know this so it doesn't come to you from another person. Right. And it makes it seem like I didn't tell you this information. Right. So, like, it's more about Kenyan charade than it is about Martel, I feel. Um, and then Martel says, you know, go through her message, meaning Kenya. Go through her messages. I bet she probably accepted everyone's messages. And Kenya's, me- like, immediately feels insulted because it's like, what the, f- like, you're calling, basically calling me a whore. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know. And then, you know, Martel's, uh, d- you know, Candy's like, did you message her or whatever? Martel initially is denying it. And Candy's like, he's saying he, he never messaged you. Pull up the message. <laughs> Candy, Candy is like leading this like interrogation yeah. like full on, um, you know, and, but then he eventually then cops to it. He's like, oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I did DM you. <laughs> it's like, okay. And he's like, oh, but it was two years ago. And then we see the message and it essentially is something like, thank you for saying um, nice things about me on this like podcast or something or so, like um, kind words or whatever. And you were confused, but like Candy's basically, I don't believe Martel's version of this because Kenya didn't delete the message. Like she would have like, she had to accept the message. We saw her accept the message. So she couldn't have deleted it beforehand, but that doesn't mean that like, I, I'm, I need an Instagram sleuth. Yeah, I need to know exactly how these messages work on Instagram because you could see the message on the screen. On his phone. On her phone. I thought in... So when she initially pulled it up in on the last episode, 
when she initially pulled it up and was talking to Candy and them about it. Yeah. Um, you could see the message on the screen. But you couldn't see what was written on it. Like you, you could. Um, and then she hit accept and it disappeared. Oh, okay. But then you looked at it on his phone and the message was still there. That's interesting. I don't that's my thing. Like, why would it disappear on her end, but it still shows up on I, his end? I don't know what was happening. I think Instagram was on some fuck shit, is what it was. <laughs> that honestly wouldn't be surprising to me. No, not at all. But like the amount of tech issues I've had with Instagram. But um but yeah, it's it was very, very confusing. And then they were like trying then he was trying to accuse Kenya of deleting the messages on her end. Why? Because it's like it doesn't make sense. Why would she delete something when clearly she's the one making not even an accusation, but making the statement? And also, she's not accusing you of sexting her. Right. She's just saying that you messaged her. She literally said that it was a lightweight thing. So yeah. Like yeah. And then, but then Martel then goes right down the wrong road and goes, "I don't care if I fucked you two years ago," and then walks off. And Kenya's like. Excuse me? You're not going to fucking curse at me. I thought this was an overreaction. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. But it's like, girl. Yeah. People, to people me, say fuck. Yeah, the first comment is a little worse. I, I honestly think the first comment of like, I'm sure she accepts everyone's messages. That was a bigger slap in the face, I thought, yeah. than the other one. Yeah, so Kenya basically confronts him and is like, what did you say to this queen sitting in front of you? You did it to your ex-wife, and you're going to do it to Sheree. Once a cheater, always a cheater, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> See, because when he said, I bet you accept all the messages, that was an attack on her character. Sure. When he said, I don't care if we did fuck two years ago, it doesn't matter because I wasn't with Sheree. Yeah. That was not an attack on her character. I'm trying to figure out why she blew up at the second one and not the first one. She kept being like, he cursed at me, but like, I, it's not the, I agree with you. It's not really, he's cursing at her, but like, and know. then she came back with an attack on his character. <laughs> sure. Sorry. It was an attack on the character that was not assumed like his was, but was instead on Factually public accurate. display for the whole world to see because his ass has done this shit on other TV shows. Yeah. So like, I get that, but I, no, uh, I, I hear what you're nobody's saying. hands are clean here, and yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, and Kenya's basically like, he can't talk to me like that. That's the same beha- basically like that's the same behavior that Bob uh, exhibited with you, and he's gonna if he does that to me, he'll do that to you. Absolutely not. I don't think in. I mean, not in terms. I don't think. I think the problem is like I don't think he's gonna like assault Sheree like Bob assaulted Sheree, which Sheree has been honest about. Like, but like. I mean, Bob didn't talk to her, right? We've seen that on the show, even like for even before that car comment, like right when the whole custody stuff was happening or the and child think, support. Payment and was I happening. think what Kenya is saying is disrespect is disrespect. Yeah. And when you start disrespecting someone verbally, it is not that hard to disrespect someone physically. Yeah. And, and I I don't think that that connection is wrong, but I do think that. There should be nuance. I, I think that there's nuance here, and I don't think that conflating those two things 
should be happening. Yeah, I think Kenya's very. Uh, we see. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Kenya's talking a lot from her emotions and stuff right. she's been through, right? And stuff that her and Sheree have both been through. To where, like, that's where it's kind of coming from. And well, and she gets frustrated that because Sheree has also been through this, it's like, why don't you see this shit? And and she's frustrated that Sheree also isn't standing up for her. Right. Like, in the same way that she did, which a lot of people point out on Twitter, which the, in the same way that Kenya did when Bob was talking to her crazy in that car. Right. Kenya was the first to speak up and say, don't talk to her like that. Right. So I think that's the, that's the issue. And Sheree's like, y'all are just trying to set a narrative, essentially. And they, and you know, th- this is ridiculous. And they, so they all eventually leave the party and, and they get in the car. Martel's still talking to Sheree in the car about how he needs to be respected too. You know, just like they're queens, I'm a king, you know, but you know, at the end of it, I meant what I said. So it's like, I'm not apologizing for it. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> He's a lot. Um, we go um, to Drew and Ralph's house as uh, Drew is coming home arriving back home from Chicago and, and gets to see her kids and Ralph again. Um, we find out that, you know, a little bit more about what she was going through being with her dad, which again, why the fuck Ralph wasn't there. But we find like, you know, her dad is in a nursing home and is sort of coping through Alzheimer's. And that's, I mean, you know, really sad stuff. Um, I mean, maybe he was staying with the kids during that because kids can't like it's I a guess. lot for someone with Alzheimer's to deal with little kids. Yeah, I would. I would want. I would, I would want still that explicitly want my partner. said though because I would still want my partner in that moment. I agree. I'm just saying if that's what the decision was. Yeah, I would like to see it. Yeah, it was, uh, Drew did not clarify. So yeah. no. Um. We we talk so we talk a little bit more about Drew wanting to get back into doing music and stuff like that. Um, we I thought there was that really sweet video she played of her dad listening to her new song that she has out. Mm-hmm. Him sort of like even in the moments of like being a you know dealing with Alzheimer's, like recognizing it and like reacting, which is I from everything I've heard of people who have had family members, like it's such a big moment. Music is almost always something that triggers memory in um in people with alzheimer's or any sort of degenerative um memory sort of issue yeah um and there are a lot of studies and now we have gotten to the point where we actually have music therapists who use music as therapy uh both for emotional therapy but also for memory therapy and things like that so um it's really nice to see that showcased here yeah um, and we found out that her father was basically a big inspiration behind her getting into music as well. Uh, she, she talks a little bit about her music background, which she mainly talks, I mean, she's mainly known as an actress, but like right. she has a bit of a music background. She was in a girl group at one point called Mo Tempo. Um, she jokes about being the Beyonce of the group in the confessional with the producer. Um, and she's just released a single called Already Know um, that's being produced by Ralph, which knowing how Drew and Ralph end up is kind of a tricky situation. Especially considering the fact that that song is very sexual. Yeah, it's a good song, I will say. Yeah, but it's just, like, explicit. Yeah, well, and she gets into later also that, like, some of it is about the... Like, a lot of her lyrics are about stuff she's been through in the marriage, so, like, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and she wants to get back into it, and Ralph's like, you know, I'm, I want I want to be able to be there to sort of nurture your gift. 
<laughs> not for long. Um, you know, and Drew is basically like, you know, me and Ralph are in a good place at this moment because we're focusing on other things, sort of like the music. And it's like that's not a good indicator. It didn't. It sounded like she was saying like we're ignoring this other stuff. Yeah, it's like, well, here's this rug. Let's sweep it under there. Yeah, I. Ralph came off particularly um, staged uh-huh. to me. Like just some of the way he talks, like it's like he doesn't feel real. Yeah. Like to me, I like, I feel like Drew does. Yeah. I don't know if he does. And that's, that's kind of an issue. Drew basically asked about what happened at Sonya and Ross's party. Um, we find out that Ralph and Courtney are cousins, which Odd. is like, yeah, so odd. Um, and then, like, Drew's like, I saw all these outlets reporting on Candy fighting uh, somebody at the thing or whatever and, like, everything. And he's like, well, yeah, it was her and Courtney. And, and Drew's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> God. Um, birds of a feather. I, I didn't like Courtney last episode, and I haven't liked uh, Ralph for three seasons. So yep. maybe that makes sense. Um, we go to Sanya and Candy are going out for lunch, and we find that that in the time between filming that Candy, Candy and Sanya have kind of bonded a lot. Like, they both took their families to Disney together, um, you know, and they're sort of, like, getting to know each other a little bit more in that regard and getting on a better place. Um, they talk about that they're getting ready to go to BravoCon, mm-hmm. uh, which I... Which- was it was a little weird to see BravoCon spoken about specifically on the show because that's never happened. Yeah, like we didn't see that with the first BravoCon, like where they mentioned it on the show. It's almost the fourth wall break. Well, at the at this point though, when things have been happening now at these BravoCons yeah. that are like you kind of need to like we we I mean it gets mentioned on Vanderpump Rules on the yeah. this episode, so like yeah, it 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 you know it's it's kind of an important it's an interesting part of the machinations and it's not fully fourth wall breaking it's you know it's kind of balances it enough yeah you know um you know and Sonya's talking about how ross is basically talking about wanting their own space with just them without her family and then it's kind of like consuming and stuff like that i can imagine that's a lot. And Sanya's like, you know, we still have like a year left in terms of what we were planning so like i don't know why everyone wants to move out so quickly um, Candy talks about Todd a little bit more and about how he's basically feeling that Candy doesn't put enough into his dreams, like the way that Todd puts into Candy's and that he wants to produce more movies and stuff like that. I, I can understand Todd's thoughts on that. Todd also has a lot of dreams, which we'll get to later. Which, yeah. You know. But it, for me, I understand what he's talking about. He's, especially with his journey on the show it's yeah. been very much about having to prove himself having yes exactly having to prove himself having to make sure that he is making making his own and not um not riding candy's coattails which he's been accused of for a very long time and we'll get accused of later this season yes someone who probably should have stopped talking by now <laughs> yeah and who started these rumors in the first place yeah. let's be honest but like she um and it, it's a problem that that candy has had in the past like feel and we talked about it last episode about how feeling like courtney was doing that mm. just by mentioning her name right and so i can understand why todd's like i need to do my own thing but i also pour into candy a lot she needs to pour back into me yeah i get it it it, it makes sense 
Um, so then they start talking about the party. And Danny's like, you know, when Courtney was coming at me bobbling, looking like a bobblehead, and they show the the graphics team like with Courtney bobblehead. Um, and then so Sanya then also informs Candy, which I thought this was crazy. I like oh, yeah. that Courtney also said at Sheree's place uh in last episode that we didn't see. Basically, this story about how Candy had posted on her Instagram about Tropical, which I guess is this like restaurant or something. And like, you know, how like you work with celebrities and you get sponsored, like, be like, hey, post about us on our Instagram if you liked us. And like, it's yep. like a sponsorship sort of thing. And Courtney's like, well, she posted on her Insta about them. And then all, then the next uh, week, all the people that came were ghetto. And it was like, really, really, wow. are we doing this? Wow. Yeah. And Candy then asked, like, so Sonia, what did you say in response? And Sonia's like, well, I told her that Candy's my friend and that you need to talk to Candy. And Candy's like, so you didn't stick up for me. Also, cut to that conversation, and that is not at all even what Sonia said. Yeah. Sonia just laughed. Literally just laughed. And joined in the mocking. And, and Sonia's like, no, I, no, I, I, you know, I, I thought it was wrong. And then Sonia in her confession was like, I mean, I didn't even think Courtney was calling Candy ghetto. I just thought she was calling her fans. It's like, you know, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense that Sanya was a track star because she is spending all her time running away from the truth. Sanya, I'm I'm iffy on Sanya after these last two. Like like, I feel like she kind of exhibited that a little bit last season too, where she kind of wants to just be liked and is like, yep, yeah. So I yeah, um, and so like yeah, so that's I think I have a feeling that's gonna continue in the season. Um, we go around to everyone's sort of homes a little bit. Um, Sanya's FaceTiming Ross, uh, who's often work in Austin. Um, I forgot what she said it was for, but that, um, basically like she's talking about like the struggle also of like wanting baby number two, which mm-hmm. they kind of talked about last season and, you know, with him being away at work, it makes it hard to sort of like plan around that and sort of like actually like strategize about how to get there. Is it he doing like a, a fleet type thing? Uh, like a, like car like like a uber type situation but he's like basing it out of i want to say but it's like all high end but he's basing it out of austin that sounds right i can't remember i that sounds right that was they talked about that last season i'm pretty yes they did yeah we then go to blaze um as candy and todd are gonna meet up with the candy's cousin melvin who's also the uh chef there to sort of do a menu tasting which we all remember from candy and the gang candy and the gang philip later shows up because philip's also been helping with the menu i was gonna say uh r.i.p candy of the gang but um yeah i'm glad i don't have to look at philip all the time yeah (laughs) he irritated me he got a little bit towards the end better towards the end but like he was definitely the villain of that show Uh uh-huh um so and candy talks about how blaze has kind of been struggling a little bit during the pandemic and so they kind of need to sort of revitalize things in a certain way um todd also now so not only this todd now wants to open up another restaurant he wants to open up a mexican restaurant and he wants to call it call it Ole G, like O L G. Yeah. Todd, can put that? No, no, Todd, don't, don't don't do that. And he's basically like, you know, I, I made. Candy's like, why do you want to open up another restaurant? (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) Like, like all, all the things. And Todd's like, you know, I made the most money opening restaurants, and the way I can do it is, is I can stack my finances from it and use it to finance my movies. 
how much money are they making from these restaurants? I feel like movies are expensive. And restaurants are notoriously difficult to make profit on. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're doing, I'm sure OLG and, and Blaze even is doing well. I don't think they're in the red. I mean, but, and we went to OLG. Yeah. Like, oh, we, because we were in Georgia for my friend's wedding. And actually, really good food. It was great food. The atmosphere was great. Didn't really see a lot of the cast from Candy of the Game. We Gang. saw one, like, um, like, side character i forgot who but like yeah but yeah we didn't see a lot of the the characters and so well the characters are real people it's reality (laughs) television but like um we didn't see a lot of them but the food was great the atmosphere was great it wasn't super busy so we were able to get in and get our food really quickly um you know so I, I can't imagine they're doing poorly. No. But not movie level like funding worthy. I just don't see the math in that. I mean, maybe maybe he's gonna get some funding from Netflix. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so Melvin, Candy's cousin, then comes by for the restaurant tasting. And so they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, and he know? walks in in a sling. He's he's in a sling. And it's just like kind of like, hey, you doing okay? Yeah, you know, I'm doing good. Yeah. Okay. So let's try these appetizers and stuff like that. Which honestly, the food that that baked potato looked great. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they start eating, and they're just like eating, and then we break the fourth wall, and a producer then comes by, and gets in, goes to the their side and talks to Candy and Todd and said, "Um, so quick question. So are we just not going to talk about the elephant in the room?" And I was like, well, that's a rude fat joke, sir. Well, <laughs> but no, because, and this had been in the news that Mel, the reason Melvin is in the sling is because he got shot at Blaze by one of his employees. Yeah. So basically, Candy, well, well so first off, they, they're like, well, can't, Todd's like, well, we can't really talk about it on camera because it's a legal thing. And like, you know, it's, you know. He like he said he doesn't doesn't want to misspeak and misrepresent the case, which I believe. Like I actually believe. Yeah. Um, and then this. Oh my god! So we're getting like confessionals from the other girls, and Kenya's like, you know, I know crimes, you know, been up in Atlanta and stuff like that, but we don't want anything like happening to like Candy's businesses. Perfectly so- fine. Sonya, Understood. Sonya's like, you know, yeah, it's just you know, it's hard when you see stuff like that. You really reach out for them and and hope everything. You the, know, the worst thing you can happen is um, for something like this to happen at your business. Yeah. Completely understand perfectly normal reaction to this cut to sheree with the deft hand of sheree whitfield going this bitch we don't know if we go to old lady gang we're getting biscuits or bullets seriously i almost cracked up because it's like it's so funny how little she like thinks of the like what she's saying like it's like Wow, Sheree. Well, that's fine. When we go to your website, we don't know if we're getting a website or a 404 page. Yeah, when we order go. things from your website, we don't know if we're getting actual fashions or if we're getting a note that says IOU. Or we're getting malware. Or if we're or if we're getting a note that says, you'll get this in spring, summer. So, you know, September. September. Um, so Candy basically tells a story in the confessional that basically one of the employees was came to work late and was intoxicated. Got into it with Melvin uh, in the, I guess, like the parking lot or whatever. And he basically shot him. And like, she's like, you know, obviously like with crime and stuff like that, it can be, you know, a really dangerous thing. And like, but she says like, we're grateful at the end of the day that it really didn't stop people from wanting to support us, which is a good thing. Because when you do get headlines like 
yeah. shooting at blah, blah. It's like, it can fuck up your business. It really can. I mean, obviously, thank God Melvin's okay. Like, yeah. But like, you know, I can understand that frustration. Wasn't that around the time that they would have been going into talks about season two? Maybe. Maybe that's why they didn't get a season two. To me, I feel like that's why you should give them a season two. But, but I should also understand why you wouldn't want a film crew. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, God, I'm terrible. <laughs> like, oh, well, the drama of the fucking shooting. Like, oh. Okay, but there's bullets. Yeah. <laughs> the drama is great. The bullets, not so much. Not so much. Um, Union fees do not cover that. <laughs> we go and um, Kenya is taking Brooklyn to sort of like a double, I guess you could call it a double date. With Kenya's friend Akila and her young daughter as they play tennis. Oh my god, Brooklyn is so old. I know. I love any I love any scene with Kenya in Brooklyn. It's really so sweet. And like Kenya clearly loves being a mother. I forgot like, what it was like to watch kids show grow up on Housewives. Because yeah. we, we um we binged everything over mm-hmm. the course of the pandemic Lovato. And um it's like, oh, this person that was like just born is now like twelve. So it's like, what? Like, but it's a little bit different seeing it in real time when we've watched things as they air, and you get back to it, and it's like, Brooklyn is a full-grown person now. What? Like, yeah. How is she all the way almost to Kenya's waist? <laughs> what the hell? It's crazy. Um, they sit, uh, her and Akila sit down and talk and, uh, she talks a little bit more about, uh, Roy, who Moneta hooked her up with, uh, who's calling, I guess he's called Mr. KMC because he's the owner of something called Kale Me Crazy. I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, Some me company. either. Um, I guess he's, I guess he has money. Um, you know, and Akila's been like, it, basically if it doesn't work. There's so many more lined up for you. You know, you're going to, you know, and because Kenya's also like, I'm really envious of your, you and your husband's relationship. Like, I want that, you know, and the fact that we talk about Kenya still divorced or still in the process of the divorce. Yeah. It's like, you know, crazy. We cut while this conversation is happening. We go to Sheree and Sonia having dinner uh, together. Um, and then we also find out, speaking of kids, we find out that Sheree is now a glamma, which she's calling it, which is, you know, so now Cairo basically has a daughter now. And so she's living her grandma era so to speak which i crazy that cairo has a kid like he's like you know he's cairo you know everyone the joke always on like watch what happens live and stuff like that was like people being like hey you want to hook up with cairo like <laughs> like Jeez. he's yeah he's very attractive um sheree uh basically jokes with sanya because they're the top of like so what was the budget for the party and sanya's like girl there was no budget <laughs> And Sheree's just like, budget? What's that? I'm like, you shouldn't be saying that, Sheree, because we know your practices. We know you don't pay your bills. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at least Sonya said no budget, but still paid the bill. Right. Um, At least if she didn't, she took, like, ain't nobody said anything about it. Yeah. So they're talking a bit about what happened at the party. And Sonya and Sheree also basically come to the agreement that they're kind of sick of Kenya basically using the term aggressive. Can we talk about this? Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) because this happened last season with Ross, where Ross stood up at that dinner to say, don't talk to my wife like that. And Kenya later said that he was aggressive and stuff like that. I, I completely understand. Um, like the thought that, yes, people do use 
the word aggressive as a weaponized word against, against black people, spe- especially black men. Yeah. Um, I get that. At least on an intellectual level. Obviously, I can't get it on a personal level because I'm not a black person. But, like, I also feel like it's kind of weird to accuse another black person of doing that. Sure. Especially one who is usually the first person to go out and fight for equality and someone who is very vocal about black rights and things yeah. like that as Kenya is. Like, it would be one thing if we were talking about Candace Owens using aggressive against a black person, sure. right? Like, that, I get that, yes. Criticize that. And not to say Kenya's perfect. I mean, we. What? I don't want to bring up the Native American headdress thing. Which, no, of but course I, but, not. But she learned from that and actually gave a great apology and, like, would... Right. Like, but I think, like, I my frustration is that, like, it's also coming clearly from Kenya's personal experience of dealing with men who are aggressive to her and like first off and two like i feel like this story's been done to death also with kenya because remember they were accusing her of it in like season eight remember when what's what's her name's cousin was trying to fight them at that party yeah and like they blamed kenya for like provoking him and then calling him aggressive even though he literally was trying to fight her like, what other word is she supposed to use? Yeah. Like, can we stay off of her neck? Because I get, honestly, I she get is... That the, I get that the Ross one last season was a little, you know... Because Ross, Ross isn't like... Right. Ross didn't even really raise his voice. Yeah. And I, I get where he was coming from. He was defending his wife, but he also wasn't being particularly but her you know, point, her point is like abrasive with his language or anything her point was like martel is not going to talk to me crazy like that's not gonna like, right like there was nothing off about what she said or or the way that she used that and within any sort of context you understand that that has absolutely no racial component yeah yeah and she's not weaponizing the word she's not absolutely she's like, not calling the police like like, I, like exactly she's stop it yeah i get I, it frustrates me and kenya so we go back to kenya kenya and akila and she's talking about that she's basically kind of mad at Sheree for not coming here to, to her defense at the party and basically talks about you know how they've had their past past history both with abusive relationships and sort of like bonded in that respect kenya then also says that like look Sheree's just digmatized Mm-hmm. And I love the Akila. Akila goes, that's terrible. Not at this big age. Not at this big age. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, we see a little quick scene with Drew at the studio with Ralph because she's working on her EP. It's kind of the same stuff that we heard before right. about her wanting to do music and stuff like There's that. There's just now another person in the conversation. Basically. And she said that she wanted, <laughs> the thing that inspired her to start doing music was she was praised last season for singing Happy Birthday to Sheree. And they were like, ooh, you sing so well. So she's like, let me make music. I was Bitch, like, it's happy birthday. It's not that hard. Um, we then go to Sheree's warehouse for all her She by Sheree merch. And this was so Sheree. Like, they're put, bringing out the sweatshirts. Um, and, like, they're, wrink- they're wrinkled because the, pe- the processors didn't do, like, the last, like, steaming or whatever on them. And Sheree's like, you know, oh, do we, like, I, you know, we can steam the hoodies, but is that going to be extra charge? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, nah, then. And, like. 
so so really? so serene to be like, no, we're not going to spend any extra money to like. Probably not even the money you're supposed to spend. Yeah. Well, and she also said like, well, because now she's finally being like, well, when the website crashed, like I lost out on a lot of money shit, and like. She's also still trying to claim that it's because there was high a, demand, just high demand. Girl, there the, were four people checking, and three of them were you. If you list, there's, I think, oh my, oh, um, go watch, listen to the Bitch Sesh podcast, and they had there's an episode after BravoCon this past year that Ray Sani was on, who I follow on Twitter, and her experience dealing with the She by Sheree booth, and it is fucking mm. hilarious, and like. It's, it's, it was a nightmare. <laughs> if I, is that the one where she was talking about what they had absolutely nothing to sell there nothing. and they only sent you to the website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, so Kenya then arrives. Um, she talks about how she just came off from, because uh, she's looking at the logo and she's like, oh, that looks like a Dallas Cowboys star. And, and Sheree's like, oh, because you were just with the Cowboys because they just filmed that direct TV commercial with her and Teresa and Kyle from Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And got to be with Dax Prescott and all that stuff. Great commercial, by the way. Um, and, you know, Kenya's also talking about, you know, stuff's going good with Roy. There's a lot of great chemistry there. You know, and you seem to be settled down with Martel. And Sheree's like, no, 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 I'm dating. And Kenya's like, that didn't look a lot like dating at the party. Like, let's be real. And, and, and Sheree's like, you know, I think you two would like each other. You know, uh, you know, he's a Capricorn. We're both Capricorns. And Kenya goes... I get along with Capricorns. That's a little weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it's very hard to say you're not dating when he comes into town and stays with you yeah. for several days. Like, it's one thing if he were to get a hotel room and y'all, like, had a couple dates or, like, he maybe slept over one night, whatever. But if he's coming into town and staying with you, Bitch, y'all together. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't get this, like, wa- to me, the fact that Sheree's waffling so much on this means, like, okay, he's not, fo- if, you, if you're questioning it at this point, like, maybe he's not the right guy. You let this man sleep in your house, in your bed. That's serious. Yeah. Um, Kenya's, like, you know, I, Kenya's basically, like, I wasn't coming for him at the party, and Sheree's, like, both of you, both of you got elevated, essentially. And Sheree's like, I feel like you would, you know, you would like him, but he just felt ambushed. And Kenya goes, I don't know him, and I don't want to know him. Um, you know, and, and what we said before about like Kenya is like, I only brought up the DM because, you know, I, you know, when you, I, when I saw that you two were serious, like I felt like I needed to say it to get out of it. And Sheree basically like, you know, and this is where I'm like, okay, Sheree. Sheree's like, well, Martello already told me about that DM when we first got together. What? So he told you when you first got together, then denied it at first at the party, and then owned up to it at the party. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. (sighs) Yet again, Sheree has crafted a story that does not make sense. (laughs) Um, I feel bad at this point. Like, really, Sheree? Um, Kenya's like, I don't get why he cursed at me and disrespected me. And and basically, like, you should have stood up for me. Like, it's bros before hoes. And Sheree goes, well, isn't it hoes before bros? And she, Kenya's like, no, we're bros. We're bros in this scenario. <laughs> and they, oh, Sheree. Um, and then Sheree then starts bringing up the, like, well, you have to be careful with your words. You know, and Kenya's like, I wasn't disrespectful until he started cursing at me. You know, you know, 
Oh, oh, and then she's like, and then like, not only, and, well, Kenya actually explicitly says what you what you said earlier, which is that it wasn't even that he cursed at me. It was before when he said, "Well, I bet you, you know, read all your DMs or whatever." And Sheree's like, "I didn't hear him say that." Except that he literally leaned over and said it to, to her. They cut to the flashback and she literally clearly hears this and it's just like acknowledges it and moves on. And of course, Sheree, the f- always, always forgetting what was said and what was like. Only when it's convenient. Yeah, of, of course. You know, Ken- Sheree's like, you're making something out of nothing. And, you know. And then this is where Kenya's like, you know, a man should never speak to a woman like that, which we both, I don't like the gendered aspect. Yeah. People shouldn't speak to people like that. Right. Like it's be like, have some respect, but you know, I think part of it is also Kenya's, yeah. you know, upbringing and her buildup. Like Kenya basically says, you know, I can defend myself. He can defend himself, but he doesn't have to be abusive about it. And, and Sheree's like, you can't say he's abusive or whatever. Like that's, you know, you're implying that he like hits me or hits No, she's not. Abusive has a wide range of definitions. Yeah. And, oh, and then Sheree in her confessional goes, what is it with you calling black men aggressive? Are they public enemy number one because you don't have one? I was like, oh God, Sheree. Here we go. Here we go. Kenya that is like, you know, Sheree, you, you know, you have to look at what you've accepted from men like Bob. Like it's that, which I kind of agree with her to us. I'm not, I don't think the leap is that Martel will then hit Sheree. No, I don't I, think so at but all. But I do think like we mentioned in the last like couple minutes, like Sheree like makes excuses for these men and then like, yeah. doesn't like pick up on these signs that like, maybe he isn't the right guy for you. Like, like maybe, you know, the dick ain't that good. Like it can't be. It can't. I mean. Notoriously, my experience, yeah, is that when they are that large, they don't know how to use it. <laughs> oh God! Um, and Sheree's like, "Look, not all men are like Matt. You can't just accuse, you know, think that way about people, you know." And Kenya, and they end it with Kenya basically being like, "Look, we're on different pages. We just got to agree to disagree on this." And that's how we end the episode. Um, it gets a. We see the preview for next week. It gets definitely gets ramped up. Marlo gets in Drew's face at one point. Uh, we see Candace make an appearance. Uh, from uh, look, Potomac. I will always be happy to have Candace on my screen in whatever capacity. She could just walk across the screen in the background in every show that I watch, and I'd be happy. Yeah, we'd love to see it. Uh, but overall, really good episode of Atlanta. Really enjoyed it. Um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we are talking the finale of Real Housewives of New Jersey. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to 
a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on up to the Northeast and talk New Jersey. Finale. Technically, it's called the finale. It's it. We still have Teresa's wedding special. That'll be next week, like you mentioned. But it's the next episode. We all know. Yeah, this is. It, they were listing this as the finale, so this is the last we'll probably see of some of these people. At least of Melissa and Joe, since That's we know they sure. don't show up at the wedding. Yeah, but they will be talked about. Um, so, <laughs> we will obviously. So we start, um, and we see the big thing twelve hours earlier, or twelve hours after Dolores's party, right? So we get the sort of like tail end of the episode, right? With these little flashbacks into into stuff that happened during the party with right. everyone and all the different fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the whole episode. It. <laughs> It literally, like, I was, like, watching it back, like, watching it back after watching it the first time and watching the in-show, I was like, they really just include all the highlights from the the fights. Like, uh, you really just needed to... You really, this is a great little bit. Like, you watch this, like, minute clip, two-minute clip, and then, okay, well, we're ready for the finale now. They could have just dropped this two minutes and avoided the whole season. Yeah. Melissa is is saying... You know, I've been keeping a secret to keep the family together. And Teresa's basically like, I didn't want to bring anything up because of the wedding. And then we cut back to 12 hours beforehand. So we see the star of the party. Um, Dolores and Paul are setting up everything. Um, they have uh, everything Irish. They have Irish like tap dancers to greet everyone when they come River in. dancers. River dancers. Yeah, tap is, you're right. Tap is different. Um, um, and then Dolores basically is talking about how like, She's excited to show everyone, like, this is the the first party throwing in the new place. I feel like the woman of the house, Mm -hmm. like, you know, sort of, like, it's exciting to her in that regard. People start filing in uh, one by one. Um, The the food looks, they had bacon-wrapped Irish stuffing, which I was like. That's a little weird. Yeah, I was like, that's, I, I, I was trying to figure out the mechanism of it. Um, Melissa, uh, is talking to Paul and Paul and basically tells Paul, like, I can't wait for you guys your guys' wedding. Uh, when it comes up and Ma- Melissa's like, I'm waiting for Paul to just get on a knee, you know, still thinking like, oh, maybe he'll propose tonight. It's like, imagine if he did, oh, can God. you imagine if he proposed on, on this episode Oh no! with everything that happened? Absolutely not. That would have been so bad. I felt so bad for Paul this episode of everyone. Cause this was his first taste of like the bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, um, everyone's coming. All the men are really dressed in these like, like vests and like little bowler hat, like sort of like, cause again, it's the prohibition party. 
because of course we're doing that. <sighs> but I did love Paul telling Frankie that he looked like a twelve-year-old paper boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Which is, like it was essentially what every all the guys. It was very like. newsies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I don't get why this was connected with Ireland. I don't know the point of that. Because a lot of, like, if it's like the New York, New Jersey area. The stereotype is that all of those people are either Italian or or Irish. Yeah. So. Eh, I get it. Um, Jennifer, Jennifer and Bill arrive, and she's basically like, and she gets the whisk because they give them like complimentary whiskey at the door immediately, uh-huh. and she's like, I don't remember a thing from Ireland, but I remember I had a good time, and just pounds that like. I was like, oh, my God, pace yourself, Jennifer. <laughs> like, really? She's literally like a third whiskey at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they talk about, um, you know, oh, some of the girls talk about Danielle coming. And Rachel says, like, you know, me and Danielle, Danielle kind of played nice at, at Teresa's shower. And then Margaret, again, I'm, I love you, Margaret, but, like, you got to stop this. Like, just like, oh, yeah, and she was crying at, at Teresa's baby shower. She cries about everything. She's so pouty. It's like. She can't cry at, or not baby shower, the uh, wedding uh, yeah. shower. You, she can't qu- cry at their wedding shower? Like, like when, when ter- especially when Teresa's giving a speech about, like, people in her life that she cares about. Like, it's touching anyway, like, the speech in and of itself. So I could understand if someone cried at that. But then there's the parallels between this and what's happening with Danielle. Like, you just kind of have to be heartless to be shitting on somebody for crying It's at just that. like, what is the... I and get like, it. You're mad, but... And, like, I get it. Like, I love... Um, I love Margaret. I just... I can't... I can't always agree with her. I just feel like she's kind of beating a dead horse with this Danielle. Yeah. I, I'll say at this point. Not maybe not later, but at this point she's yeah. kind of being the dead horse with it. Um and um, you know, Margaret's Margaret also hypothesized she's like, I think this Danielle's, you know, her attitude is about more than just her brother, which it's like foreshadowing. Yep. Um Danielle basically said comes and says, like, you know, I'm hoping for the best tonight, but I'm preparing for the worst. Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> foreshadowing. Um Oh, and then the guys start taking shots, and they're taking shots of Classe Azul, and it's like, I had Vietnam flashbacks to <laughs> Ultimate Girls Trip. Where's the bottle? Where did the bottle go? Oh, get get Giselle out of here. Like, she cannot come to this party. Poor Pepsi's in the corner crying. Yeah, no, no, no. Never again. Um, Bill is talking with the guys, and Bill brings up how he was trying to get Joe to talk to Teresa when they were all smoking weed and that. Um, and he's like, you know, these moments only happen, like, once in a lifetime. She's literally been married twice. Yeah. I don't know why people say stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I get, there's a better way to say that sentiment than, than that. You know, these, ha- these events don't happen all the time, so you really have to cherish them when they come around. Same sentiment. But still factually accurate. Yeah. Um, Melissa talks to Danielle and basically is like, you know, they were saying that you were crying at the shower. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> which again, it's just like, they're shitting on me again. Um, Rachel then comes over and tells Danielle, like, it seems like you were really off in Ireland. Really? You like it was the it was the way she said it of just like it seemed like you like, it I got felt the sense. Planted. It felt planted, right? Yeah. And she was like, Was it the brother thing? You know, and Danielle's like, Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. And Rachel's like, you know, I like I get we have our issues, but like if 
I just want to like to make it kind of understand where I was coming from. Like I always figure that like if I would have said something about Jennifer Aiden, I would figure that you would take it to her. And Daniel's like, no, I wouldn't. And you were we were both like, that's bullshit. That's you, bullshit. You, you would. would like like come on. Like Rachel does have a point. She's like, come on, it's not a bad thing. I'm just trying to prove a point. Like, Rachel and Danielle are literally the opposite sides of the same coin because they've literally done the, all the same things this season. Yeah. But somehow can't. Yeah. But but they seemingly do come to a good place here. Daniel's like, I want to yeah. be friends with Rachel, I, you know, et cetera. So they decide to at least put it to a side, which I'm, I'm, I'm fine with. Um, you know, Rachel's like, you know, I was really concerned for you in Ireland. And Danielle's like, you know, things happen in Ireland that just really weigh on me. And Melissa goes, things that we don't know about? Or th- like, and then it's like, okay. Like beyond foreshadowing at this point, it's just like, Here's the you read ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. You know, and Danielle is like, we're thinking about when when is a good time to tell Melissa. I'm kind of damned if I do and damned if I don't. And you were like, no. If you if you just keep your mouth shut, it's not going to be a problem. Really? Yeah. And and if you had told her at the appropriate time, I also don't think it would have been a problem. Yeah. See, the, we've been saying it all season. She keeps going. When at this party should I tell Melissa about the, You're missing the, the point. party? You're missing not the point. Not at this party. It, off to the side. Fine. Have a camera. Whatever. But like, don't tell her in front of everyone else. Don't li- tell her at a party. Literally later in the night, Rachel goes, I feel like you should have done that in private. And Daniel goes, I did it in private. And, it's, and Rachel's like, we have a different definition of private. Like, I, like, you could have literally gone to her house. I get it. You pulled her aside. But, like, that's not private. Like, I guarantee you, if you had done that, they would have made space for that conversation on the show. Sure. It's not like you had a strict filming schedule and you were only allowed to talk to her at parties. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you had called her up, set up this meeting, you would have been able to get a film crew with you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um. So then, okay. So then Teresa and Louie arrive and Louie, we saw last episode is already jacked up and he's already, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Tomato. You know, we might not recognize him. Um, Louie. So Louie then starts saying hi to people, but completely ignores Joe, like fully snubbed. They kind of like nod, but it's like, yeah. And Louie kind of looks at his, cause in the shot, like Joe is mostly behind other people like you can't really see him yeah but louis can see him yeah fully so louis what it looks like is looks down at joe's hands which we find out later has a drink in one hand and a shot in the other so it's not like he could have shook his hand anyway what is with people with we'll get we'll get to it when we talk about vanderpump rules like the, the drink and shot combo was confusing me all this week like i just i don't we don't drink like that. No. Like we're a one and done and not one like, and done because we're out, but one and done because we're good after one. Like, like it's almost as if you're showing off. Yeah. Like their, their kidneys and liver have to be like shredded wheat at this point. <laughs> it's gotta be bad. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> We cut over to like a little fun, like light scene where Jen Fessler is trying to hook up Frankie Jr. With her daughter. Jeez, <laughs> it was so funny. Is he like, you have a phone? pull your phone out. <laughs> um, she does not beat around the bush. No. Jen and Bill are talking to uh, Louie and Teresa and, and they're like, we're really excited for you. It's only a couple days away until the wedding. 
And, you know, even with all the turmoil, it's going to be a great day. And Louis is like, you would think, you know, a blood brother would show up for you, you know, whatever. And like, so he's already like, he's already still amped like before anything. The shots probably didn't help. No. And Teresa says, you know, look, I have Louis and that's all that matters. And, you know, I'm still in my love bubble. You know, at the end of the day, I just want to be happy. And then Louis goes, well, you're not happy when it comes to being around your brother. You're happy here. And I'm like, I need you to like, you're coming into this dinner or this party at like a 10 or at least at an eight. And like, I know you're about to get to a 10. You need to start at like a two. And then like, no, he's about to get to a 20. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, so then Jennifer at one point and Danielle start talking. I love Jennifer going, is Nate here? And Danielle goes, of course, Nate's here. You alky. (laughs) I, I haven't heard the term alky. In the longest fucking time. And I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, and then Danielle's basically like tells Jennifer, like, you know, I'm I think tonight I'm gonna tell Melissa. And Jennifer has a look on her face like and it's like, no, 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 you can't do D- that. Jennifer literally goes, Okay, I understand that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer talks about how she doesn't want to hurt her family. Uh you know, in the same way that what happened to her last year. I call year. bullshit. Yeah. I, but she like, wouldn't have brought it up ever in front of the cameras if that was the thing. And she's like, you know, Melissa didn't do anything to me. Margaret did. Um, and Danielle's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to throw you or Teresa under the bus. I'll, I'll put it on me. I will let it sit on me. And Jennifer's like, okay, if you say it, if you say who did this come from, what are you going to say? And she's like, I'll say it came from Laura. And they're like, fine. Like, but like, I also don't understand why Jennifer, like. This was all the plan. Jennifer, you're not stupid. Like, like if it said, if she says it came from Laura, they know to go to you. Like that's already established. I just, it, it feels to me again, like this was all Jennifer's plan. Get everyone to blame Danielle. Yeah. Blame Danielle. And maybe blame Teresa, but never have any of it come back on Jennifer. And spoiler alert, that's how it happens. Well, that's the key. I think we're both in agreement that it's, it seems like it's Jennifer's plan, but only Jennifer's plan. Yeah, because I don't think Jennifer knew that Teresa had had that conversation with Joey. Oh. Because it seemed like Jennifer I think she might didn't have. I th- know about that conversation. I feel like Teresa would have told her. You would think... But ac- the actions of Jennifer tell me otherwise. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, uh, Dolores comes over to Jennifer and Teresa, and Jennifer's like, we're going to get you next year, bitch. We're going <laughs> to throw you a party and, or, or a bachelor party. We're taking you to Vegas. Um, Melissa at one point says that Frankie Jr. looks like Leonardo DiCaprio from Titanic, which he kind of did. I don't see it. Oh, really? I don't see it. But I also, I am, I know I will break. You're not a Leo fan. I'm not a Leo fan. I've never been a Leo fan. I think Leo in um, Titanic looks like he's 12. Yeah. And Frankie Jr. looks like a man. (laughs) Those are very different people. Well, Melissa, Melissa compliments Frankie Jr. And then said, and Joe, I mean, he looks like that little Italian friend. (laughs) It's like, well, great job, Melissa, just emasculating your husband. (laughs) Um, Danielle then pulls Melissa aside and she's like, okay, this is, I gotta do it now. You know, she's like, I'm coming in with sort of no strategy whatsoever. And Margaret, Margaret had like, like 
what is what is the animal that can hear like sonically like through bats like, like bats? She had like bat ears where she just was like, "What's going on over there?" Like 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 radar. And was like keen on everything. So Danielle sits Melissa down and tells her the rumor about uh, Margaret's friend saw her making said allegedly saw her making out with a guy in the back of the car. Told Margaret. Margaret then told uh, Laura and is spreading it. And Melissa goes, "If we're gonna be really honest, let's be really honest." And then basically he's like. I already heard this story through my husband. You know how I heard it through my husband? Because six months ago, Teresa called Joe and invited him over to tell him. Which we talked about this. I think that was the right move. Literally. I don't, I don't fully understand Melissa's anger. Like I can understand if in that conversation, it was framed more like a, you need to leave this cheating whore. Which Joe claims is how it went. But I can also see why that could be colored by your preconceived notions and of your the relationships. And what Teresa has said in the past. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean she's saying it now. Right. However, we have also seen Louie push her in a direction where she does not seem to be wanting to go. Yeah. So... We and, don't know and how also, that conversation happened. Again, yet yet again, something else that happened in this relationship that happened off camera right. that we can't judge. And the other thing, it's like she's the the other thing. It's just like, well, she didn't. She only told Joe and not me. It's like I wouldn't tell you either. Like her allegiance I, should be to Joe. Her allegiance should be to Joe. And to me, I would if if it's baseless. I still would go to Joe first. Right. Because I don't want to like cloud it possibly with you being there because you, of course, you would deny it. Like, I. And it wouldn't have mattered who the rumor was about. If the rumor was about Joe, she should also still go to Joe because Joe is her brother. Yeah. And I also didn't like Melissa then immediately gets pissed at Danielle. She, at first watch, at first watch, I was like, Melissa doesn't seem that pissed at Danielle, but she is pissed at Danielle. She's but it's like that quiet, angry. Well, she goes, call Teresa over right now. And Danielle says, like, you know, why would Teresa want that to be true? Like, I don't think Teresa wants it. And, and Melissa goes, listen, dollface. And I was like, oh, wow. And says, I've been accused of being a stripper. I've been accused of doing stuff in parking lots. You know, I had no intention of confronting Teresa on this uh, so that she could have a peaceful six months leading up to the wedding. And it's like, I, I believe that. I believe that, but I also don't think that's smart. I think like you, what's the difference? I don't get why this part of me still doesn't fully understand why the rumor part of what happened at this party was the tipping point of them not going. I can understand why the Louie aspect is why they didn't go. I don't think that that's actually because they aren't the ones that said that the rumor is why they didn't go. Melissa kind of says it to Dolores later. Kind of. Eh, not really. She says, why would I go to the wedding of people who were constantly trying to break up my marriage? The rumor is part of that, but a big part of that is knowing that the tension between Melissa and Joe comes from the yeah. tension between Joe and Teresa. Right. So I think knowing that if that breaks up and that breaks Joe, then it could dissolve their marriage. Yeah. I just think like Teresa does bring up a fairly good point, which is shocking to say like that sentence coming out of my mouth um, of like, 
She has her moments. If I wanted to do that, like, why would I have not brought this up on camera? Why yeah. would I have not? Like, why? I had, yes, Louie had this, She because she says Louie did. Louie had this conversation with Joe to get ahead of things in, in this stuff. But we did it off camera. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like we were bringing this out onto the show. And see, that's, that's why I just feel like, again, this is just more proof that I think Teresa has grown. Yes. And, and I don't, is she perfect yet? No. No. Do I think she'll ever get to perfect? No. She's Teresa. But I do think that her intentions are good. Yeah. And I, I think, I honestly think that all of them, their intentions are good. Mm. At least the four of them. They just have very wildly different views on the intentions of everyone else. You think Louie's included in that? I think so. I don't, I don't, think, I don't know anymore. Well, I mean... Maybe he's lowest on my list. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Are are you good intention or not? I think Teresa and Melissa are at the top of that. Joey is still kind of in the middle. I'm not quite sure there either. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I do at least believe that Teresa and Melissa want things to be good, like adamantly want things to be good. But right. I just think everyone's tired. I get it. I'm and tired. We're tired and we're just watching it. So then, okay. So then this is where shit hits the fan. Like, Oh, it hasn't hit the fan yet. No, this is where it fully hits the fan. So Danielle's like, why is no one addressing Margaret? And then Margaret hears her name and is like, like again, the bad ears, hears her name. And is like, why is she talking about me? I'll take her Amazon dress and wrap it around her throat. I, I honestly think that Melissa was a was a side collateral damage in Jennifer's plan to take down Margaret. Yeah, I don't think I her, think this was all about Margaret. I agree. I don't think her intentions had I think she's Jennifer is even though she's not saying it's a plot, Jennifer is right in the sense that I don't think she wants to hurt Melissa. I think she doesn't mind hurting Melissa. Mm. But I don't think that That's that her was her goal. No, I agree. No, no, no. I believe that that was her intention, but it wasn't her goal. It was like, oh, this is a happy little accident that's going to happen on the side, but my goal is to go after Margaret. Yeah. And she was fine with it taking down Melissa. She was fine with it taking Dan down Danielle. She was fine with it hurting Teresa because it isolates Teresa from everyone else and makes it so that Teresa is only hers. Sure. So, That's the goal. So Margaret then confronts Danielle. Is like, why is your name in my mouth? And then Danielle says what happened, what uh, Laura was saying. And then Danielle's like, don't shoot the messenger. And Margaret's like, you're not a messenger. You're a shit starter. And then they both then start getting like nose to nose. Danielle has her hands in her face. Cause again, we saw from early in the season, she does a lot of stuff with her hands. Yep. Um, uh, and then Margaret calls Danielle a low budget Betty. <laughs> And Danielle goes, okay, old hag Nancy. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> they then move over to a different part of the room. And then Melissa's basically trying to call Margaret down. Well, not call Margaret down. She's basically being like, who cares about Danielle? It's Teresa and Jennifer's fault. Focus your energy on them. And then Teresa and Jennifer come into the conversation. And Melissa then goes, you guys are just losers. And does the L like loser sign. To Teresa, and Teresa's like, why are you calling us losers? 
And Melissa then brings up the also, phone. So what is this, 1996? What I, are we doing? I know, right? Just like, like, are you going to flick her nose next? Like, <laughs> And then Melissa brings up the phone. Like, you called my husband to tell her, you know, that I was cheating on him and, and to divorce me. And then Teresa just goes, wow. 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 And then Melissa goes, wow. Wow. And Teresa's like, look at you. And Melissa's like, look at you. And then Teresa tries to leave. And Melissa follows her to the kitchen. Teresa's like, get off of me. Um, and then so Teresa's basically saying that Louie was, like I said, Louie was the one that told Joe to get in front of it, essentially. And then this is the part where like Louie comes in to see what's happening. And Teresa tells him. And this is where Louis, what we saw in the preview for last week, goes full fucking Charlie Sheen. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck. And he then starts. Get- he's like cackling like the Joker. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm a winner. I'm, and he looks straight in the camera and he's like, I'm winning. Look, winning. It's like, okay. All right. How many shots has he had this t- at this point? Yeah. So Melissa then tells Joe, and then Joe basically Joe says he got the call from Louie. So it was Louie, it wasn't Teresa. I don't know why Melissa said Teresa. Um, you know, and then Margaret's like, I think Teresa knew about this. I think, you know, that and that she knew Danielle was going to do this, and that Teresa's involved in the whole plot. We get then Teresa's confessional where the producer asks, Did Jennifer tell you that she told Danielle? And Je- and Teresa says, Yeah, she told them, but I said not to say anything. So and I believe, I actually believe Teresa on this. Yeah, I, I, don't, I do too. I don't disbelieve her. You know, and then Jennifer then goes, gets into it with Margaret. And Jennifer's like, you know, you said all this stuff to Laura. And Laura sung like a bird. She sung like a bird. And then Margaret is like, okay, you're on a revenge tour, etc. And then Jennifer is then is like, you know, what you did to me last year by bringing up the affair and, and all that stuff. And now my daughter has, wants to be a therapist because of you. And then that's when Margaret goes, yeah, and I think she says it to Rachel. It's like, yeah, because Bill slept with a subordinate and she knew it. Yeah. Well, well yeah. And then and also Jennifer clearly, like, is this is an admission of guilt, right? Well, sort this of. This is literally her going, I did this to you because of what you did last year. Yeah. And this is all, like, everybody on this cast needs to look back at this moment and realize that this whole thing was orchestrated by Jennifer to get back at. Uh, it's not hard. It's it's really not, but all of them seem to get Honestly, I think Jennifer at the reunion should just cop to it. Like honestly. <laughs> but Jen when when she says the thing about that he that Bill slept with a subordinate and she knew it, Jennifer has a few whiskeys in her and rages at Margaret and goes, You don't fucking you know, and, and tries to like lunge at her and she's like and this is Jennifer being Jen- she threw herself at Bill. <laughs> like I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then Bill. I, I'm sorry. Do you not know how? Do you not understand how power dynamics in the workplace function? Yeah. Like that's this was Bill's. And fault. it's almost him. Her trying to say like Bill didn't do anything wrong or didn't do that much wrong because she. And then her confessor is like, Bill's not a cheater. You are. I. You both what? are. I mean, you both kind of are. I don't know. Um, and then Melissa's like, great party move, Danielle. Great job. And Danielle's like, I didn't do this to, f-, like, and basically tries to explain herself a little bit more. Danielle says this to the group of, of everyone to explain herself. And then Margaret, or not Margaret, Melissa brings up the phone call again, right? And Louis is smiling in the corner and goes, I called Joe. I called Joe a lot of things. 
and literally goes, you hear that? Like, he's trying to get Joe to react in this moment, too. And then, like, Nate's trying to, like, calm him down a little bit. And Louie's like, yeah, because Bo Deedle knows shit about everyone in this room. And I, I was like, who the fuck? What the fuck is he talking about? Why do I know that name? <laughs> well, I, I had no idea. I had heard this name before, but oh. I, didn't, I didn't know who it was. But we find out later. But it just seems so confusing in the moment. It's like, what the fuck is he talking about? And like, and literally Nate's trying to uh, uh, control him. And Melissa goes, why are his eyes bugging out like that? Which was such a good Melissa line. And then uh, Nate's like, go find Teresa. Go find Teresa. And then uh, I guess because Lou, she, she says something again about his eyes bugging. And Louie goes, there's nothing wrong with me, sweetheart. And Joe gets mad with how Louie's talking to Teresa or talking to Melissa. And then Joe kind of gets up. And tries to sort of fight him. It's kind of, it's, it's the Joe fight where it's like, he's like, you don't got to hold him back, whatever, when there's like five people in between them. So it's not yeah. like he wanted to fight him, but it was like, you know. Like, look, Joe has little man syndrome in that he will tackle someone much larger than him as we have literally seen him do. And to, get fucked the fuck up. Like, jeez. Yeah. Like he... He's he's like a chihuahua on a leash. That that man will bite at your ankles and it will leave a bloody mark. And then Joe in his this was so stupid. Joe in his confession was like, "Don't get angry in her face like the devil." I mean, who talks to a woman like that? Like, Argh. it's like you do, Joe. <laughs> There's like like I honestly should the the the, the producer should have put flashbacks of Joe like yelling at Teresa, yelling at Jennifer, like yelling like, at Gia. Yeah, it's like come on, Joe. You're not like a prince. <laughs> like um, you know, Louis goes down to Teresa and is like Melissa's trying to fight me. No, she's not. <laughs> like I I don't know what this like I couldn't tell if he was intentionally misrepresenting it or if he was just so like on coke that he couldn't remember what happened. That honestly seems like what it is. And it's just like is this man literally sky high through this whole episode? I wouldn't be surprised. I literally would not be surprised. Um Teresa, Jennifer and her, and their their men then leave the party. They're like we're going um margaret margaret tells danielle basically like you did all of this and danielle just goes you know what you can kiss my big fat fucking flat ass big fat and flat interesting <laughs> well she's got she's got wider hips but a flat ass yeah <laughs> i guess maybe is that what she's trying to say pulling a wendy williams i guess <laughs> And then Margaret goes, good job. You broke up a family. <laughs> like, I don't think Danielle broke up this family. Let's, let's be honest. This, this family was tenuously stuck together and it had plenty of cracks through yeah. it. And Danielle and her confessor was like, I'm sorry. Didn't you and Joe actually cheat and actually break up a family? And Margaret's like, this is why your brother doesn't talk to you. And yeah. So and then Danielle's and just this is the second time that that Margaret has made that low blow and it's like come on yeah I don't blame I don't Danielle's st stupid in her approach here tonight but I don't blame her no not absolutely like, not and she Danielle I like, blame her for timing and that's it yeah so then the party then ends everyone starts to leave we get like some of our title cards like end of season title cards for certain people and like everyone leaves and Polly jokes with Dolores like that was a great party. And Dolores Jeez. is like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, 
We didn't even see Dolores through this whole fight. Barely. She's like hiding somewhere, I think, crying, maybe. Yeah. I would. If I was hosting this party and then all of this happened, I'd be in the bathroom sobbing credit the whole to, time. Credit to Polly. Polly kind of took it like a champ. And yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we go then the next morning, right? And Jennifer is visiting Teresa. And I love Teresa lighting candles and like audibly being like, oh my God, I'm too shaky to light these candles. And then when Jennifer gets in, I was just lighting candles, but I'm too shaky. It's like, okay, Teresa. Like, I mean, after 13 years on the show, she's learned how to narrate, uh, narrate herself. Yeah. You know, Teresa is like, I can't believe everything that happened at the party. This whole thing is absurd and I don't get why they're blaming me. And Jennifer's like, they should feel horrible for yelling at you when you didn't had nothing to do with any of this. Um, then we see Dolores. Nothing to do. Not nothing, but I don't. Not as much as I do. Th- I maybe I'm wrong. Not as much as Melissa, I think, believes. No, yeah, I agree with you on that. Dolores calls Melissa as she's driving to Teresa's house to check in on her, and Melissa's like, you know, tell tells Dolores about you know the calling of Joe to tell him about the rumor. We see Joe at uh, his construction site working and, and, and stuff like that. And then we j- get Joe's confessional where he basically describes what happened. And that, and that not only did they bring them this rumor, he says that they said that there, there were multiple men. And, also, and that Joe told, Joe basically was said, told to leave Melissa. And then he said it gets reiterated when, I think he said like a day later or a week later or something, Gia calls him. And basically said, he claims that Gia said, we think you can do better. Basically saying that Gia said to leave Melissa. Now, from what I have heard from reports, I know it gets into in the reunion. We won't, it's not a spoiler, but just from what I've heard from the reunion, Gia actively refutes this and says, I never said this. Allegedly, from what I heard, she like swears on Nono that she never said this. And I, if this is, if that is the case, I'm more inclined to believe, believe Gia than I am to believe Louie or Teresa. For her to go that far. Yeah. To make, when she, maybe not on its own, but for her to go that far and say, I don't think Gia would say that lightly. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I think, so, but, but that's all what we've heard in terms of reports from the reunion. We'll have to see how that plays out. But I, 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 I find it difficult that Gia would say that. But yes, but I also find it strange that, like, usually you change a detail to, like, not a whole story to amplify a story, not add an entire element that very much didn't happen. And Usually the- you go, hey, Gia called me, which she actually did, and then she said this thing, which is kind of a amplification of what she actually said. And s- usually that's how you do it, yeah. instead of inventing an entire phone call. So I feel like there was a phone call. Yeah, and I think, and Gia, from also what I read, Gia says there was a phone call, but it was to try to convince Joe to come to the wedding. Because there was that, this would have been at a time where Melissa was really upset about not being invited. There was question about whether they were going to the wedding at all. And that that's what Gia said, that she basically was trying to convince Joe to come to the wedding. So maybe she said something along the lines of leave her at home. Maybe. 
Maybe, maybe maybe that's the line that got construed because I don't just I just don't see Job fabricating an entire phone call. So there had to have been something that Gia said that he took a very different way. I I yeah I see your point. I I again, but the other problem is that it's a it's a he says she said at this point. To right. Where it's like I don't know if and we it, get the truth. And that also goes back to the history of what continues to happen in this family. People don't, I have yet to see people fully fabricate a story. Mm -hmm. It is usually a misunderstanding, a misconstruing of events, a misconstruing of what somebody meant to say or what's, that is fueled by the past and emotion and anger and all of this stuff. Usually people don't just make things up. Right. So, so more to this Melissa Dolores conversation, Melissa basically says that last night was all Teresa's doing, and Melissa's like, I don't need to deal with toxic people in my life, even if they come in the shape of our family. And Dolores then asks, like, well, are you going to the wedding? And she, this is where she says the line that you mentioned, where I, how can I go and celebrate someone else's marriage when there are people that are constantly trying to destroy mine? And Dolores is like, well, if you don't go to this wedding, I think that means it's over. And Melissa's like, it's been over. And to be fair, Melissa has already taken this stance before this party. Sure. She, like, she calls um, Joe from Ireland and says pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not something that was changed because of this rumor getting out. This is, this is the culmination. This yeah. is the natural end to this. Yeah. And Dolores is like, you know, I'm heading to Teresa's house. You know, if she asks or if it comes up, I'm going to tell her. And Melissa's like, that's fine. Um, you know, and this is where Teresa is also like, I've had plenty of opportunity. Dolores come, comes to the house and they're talking. And Teresa's like, I've had plenty of opportunities to bring this up. And I didn't like, like that doesn't make any sense. Then Louis sits down and then he reiterates the fact that he called Joe. And then th- this is where, okay, so. Then Louis, I don't even know why he brings this up, but then he's like, you know, my friend Bo Deedle, you know, who's a private investigator who brought, and he's brought me info on everyone in this group. And it's like, what? Which also, by the way, also his good, and also Teresa says later that he's coming to the wedding. This Bo Deedle. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. It's, blink and you'll miss it. You know, and because he's like, I surround myself with really successful people because he also says this guy's like a friend, which, by the way, I like did a Google search after this on Bo Deedle. And when you look at his Wikipedia page, like like just this one excerpt, by the way, just I, we've had the discussion that if you go and search some of the Instagram follower or people that the Jersey people follow on Instagram, you'll kind of be surprised. I'll just say that. But the, literally from his Bo Deedle's Wikipedia page, that he's a pr- worked as a private investigator on behalf of numerous high-profile conservative personalities, including Steve Bannon and Don Imus. And on May 4, 2017, the Wall Street Journal reported that Deedle said that he was hired by Fox News Network Management to discredit the harassment claims by former anchor Gretchen Carlson and former producer Andrea Marcus against Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. So that's that's Louis's friend. It's good friend. Great guy. Real real top notch guy. guy. Uh, Bo Deedle. Not not a red flag at all. <laughs> that that flag is redder than Louis's face. Yeah. 
And Dolores in her confession was like, I don't understand any of this. And when you listen to, when, when Louis is saying this at the table, look at Jennifer's face. Jennifer has a look on her face like, what the fuck? Like, I, like she, like she almost looks at Teresa like, like she's like, are you okay with this? Like, what the fuck? Like she like doesn't know how to react. And honestly, I don't know how to react either because what am I supposed to even say in that moment when they're getting married in two days? Which, depending on when Louis had these dossiers, means that Louis knew about that affair before everyone else did. Mm. Oh, that! Oh, I didn't even think about that. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. But also, so this happens on the episode. Teresa was the guest on Watch What Happens Live. And him and, and Teresa and him fully walk this back. And Joe and Louis just like, yeah, I was just saying stuff. Well, and Andy's like, okay. on the episode, on the episode, he says that his friend Bodil brought him this. Yeah. Then on Watch What Happens Live, he denies hiring, hiring him. Bodil. Yeah. Which means he is parsing his language. It's fucking bullshit. And it's a cover up. He did bring those dossiers. And Teresa, because Teresa at the Watch What Happens Live, literally goes, "Do you know how much money it would cost to like hire?" And you're right. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he got those dossiers. Yeah, and the, so then Dolores basically tells Teresa that Melissa and Joe said they're not going to the wedding, and Teresa's like, "You know what? They've hated me for years, and I'm done. Like, like it's it's fine. You know, I'm cutting them out just like I cut out Kathy." Which, like, you know, crazy for her to say when Melissa brought that up episodes ago. Uh, you know, and Teresa's like, Melissa got her wish. You know, he, she took my brother from me after 10 years. We, we, again, I think she's quick to blame Melissa when it's really Joe. Yeah. I, I, I think she thinks more of Joe than I think is correct. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and Melissa then hangs up. The, this, this, I just noticed, that was like... <laughs> Melissa hangs up the phone from the Dolores thing and goes, but make sure to also like turn the, her like stemless wine glass. So the envy logo is facing the camera. I mean, I'm like product, pl- serious <laughs> moment when you're ending your relationship with your family product place. <laughs> well, uh, when one door closes. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, the, you know, Teresa and Louie are just like, you know, I'm so relieved. We're so close. And then, and then they kiss and hug. And that's the end. And like we said, we're getting the wedding special um, next week. Jesus Christ, this season. <laughs> I just can't wait for, um, hopefully at the reunion, Margaret calls Teresa out about the arsenal. Yeah. Because Teresa apparently has a bigger arsenal on everybody. Yeah, I now. wouldn't even mention that. Like Louis's the one with the arsenal. What the fuck? How it like I going into this episode, I like private investigator like like reveal was like not even close to like the what I thought would happen this episode. It's this like, is like some I'm literally re-watching Gossip Girl right now, <laughs> and this is some gossip girl level bullshit. Like literally Chuck Bass's dad does this on on uh Lily's whole family has a dossier on them, and these are like children in high school. Yeah. That he's got dossiers on. <laughs> Fucking hell. This fucking show. Like, like, 
Like what? It, you couldn't make it up. You really couldn't make it up. No, you couldn't make it up at all. But that was Jersey for this season. Well, we'll. Give, I think we'll give our full recap on the season next week when we talk about the the, the wedding. wedding and all of that. Yeah, because there'll still be some more drama and stuff like that. <laughs> and if you thought that was tense, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking about the long anticipated finale of Vanderpump Rules. I say this with all sincerity. You are not going to want to miss this. Don't go away. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. We are heading out to the camera pickup finale of Vanderpump Rules. If you have not stopped to get yourself a glass of whatever your preferred alcoholic beverage is, you might want to do that now because you're going to need this. I, I, this, I think this was the greatest thing we've watched. I, 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 I literally could go as far as to say that. It, was I if they don't win an Emmy for this episode? I mean, seriously, like, and like, it is so difficult, particularly in reality television and in Bravo, to live up to such a hype. And, and, and with all the time, like, months have passed, so it's like you can get like bogged down with detail. Like, you, how many part of me going into this was like, how much more have we not? I mean, we know so much and et cetera. But, like, this was, like, it was everything I wanted. It was literally everything. It they was, had 1.8 million viewers it, live. It was insane. That's just live. Yeah, That's that, not counting all the people who were working Wednesday night and had to wait until it was on Peacock on Thursday morning to watch it. Yeah, and also, 
Ariana's Watch What Happens Live appearance, which literally felt like an event. It felt like a, like, was like the highest rated Watch What Happens Live ever. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> it was, and like, it was just everything built so perfectly and it was so earned. And I got angry and I cheat. I literally gave standing clapping ovations at points and like nearly got teary eyed at points. Like it was, it's the best thing on television right now. It was, there were so many people tuned in that YouTube TV was crashing. It literally crashed during Watch What Happens Live. Watch What Happens Live literally, like Andy literally talked about how people were tweeting because YouTube TV was down because of this episode. It's literally like, and it's like, that's where I'm also like the people who are just like, I don't get it. Why are people like, fuck you, Howie Mandel. The numbers, yes, but the numbers don't lie. Like people care about this and people are invested in this and people are like, well, it revitalized the dead franchise. I don't think it's as far as to say that it was a dead franchise first off, but like they good on them. Like a lot of people, it got COVID. It was in the hospital for a minute and now it's back thriving. Yeah. And credit to Ariana. Like, like we're going to be praising her a lot this episode. We haven't really gotten the chance to praise her so much because of everything was before shit came out. So she was not aware of this shit. But now that she's aware, (laughs) holy shit, she's a badass. (laughs) And and God, and God bless her. Like, like seriously, God bless her for taking something that was so unbelievably emotional and heartbreaking and with all of her past issues with depression fraction of that to be so strong to film, to do all this stuff, how amazingly strong she was on watch what happens live and the view this morning. Yeah. And it's like, she's, and she's a, and now look at her. She's a freaking superstar. She like could be on dancing with the stars. She's in Bloomingdale's fucking Uber eats commercial. She's got this, uh, Hallmark or Lifetime movie or something that she's doing. Yeah. And honestly, like, I sometimes hate when when big businesses capitalize on that stuff. But, like, she deserves it. She fucking deserves it. For, like, and, and Tom Sandoval looks like an idiot. He looks like a fucking small little ant doing... Shows in front of a hundred people where no one's paid. And he it- looks awful. Have you seen those videos? <laughs> he looks like he is strung out. Yeah. And also, he doesn't even have his side chick anymore, allegedly. I think that's... I'm with Ariana. I think that's a That uh, conveniently came bullshit. out... Conveniently came out hours before the, it aired that they aren't together anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I don't believe that either. Especially when Ariana claims that she is sending handwritten letters to the house. As of four days ago. Let's get into this episode, because... I'm literally shaking. (laughs) We start with the intro because I was literally like, how are they going to start this? And it just starts with March 3rd or whatever day. March 1st. March 1st. Watch what happens live. Raquel and Sheena on watch what happens live. And then Andy asking the question of who do you think is the hotter Tom? Three, two, one. And they both say Sandoval and the look on Raquel's face. And because it's, it was so weird because Raquel was staring at Sheena like, what what do I say? And she almost said Schwartz, and then her face just betrayed her. And Rick, and Sheena was shocked. Like, yeah, you could tell in that moment was shocked. And then 
Tom, we start. Tom and Ariana sit down in their confessional chairs, and the producer goes, "You ready to talk about this?" And they both simultaneously go, "No." I mean, clearly that was editing yeah. because they were not together. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, but so so then we hear that we don't have to go into it, but we hear the story as of of the story that we all know about him performing at Tom Tom, the phone falling out of the pocket pocket. Ariana looking through it, finding the video of Raquel masturbating on the phone. And, and Ariana in her confessional says, call it women's intuition, call it light bulb. In that moment, I want, I need to look at this. And then she said, after she did, my stomach dropped into my fucking ass. You know, and Sandoval in his confessional says, you know, I would normally delete something like that, but it was a busy day. I'm sorry, what? You're telling on yourself. You are telling on yourself so fucking hard and you don't even realize it. You're not even thinking of what you're saying in this moment. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, he's literally indicating I have a system for cheating and get away, getting away with it. I just slipped up this day. Yeah. And they ducked back into the back of Tom Tom and allegedly this is where the argument happened, by the way. So we find out like the proximity of where it happened. Sheena then in her confessional is talking about the Raquel stuff in New York. And we see like vlog footage from Sheena's vlog with Raquel after watch what happens live before this happens. Ah! It's like, what the fuck? You know, and she's shocked by this, you know, you know, Sandoval goes, I know what I did was fucked up and there's no excuse for it. I love her. I just don't think that we were, that we were happy. That's literally an excuse. You literally can't finish a thought without contradicting yourself. And then Ariana in her confessional. I learned on Wednesday night that there are evil, evil people in this world. And sometimes they're the people closest to you. Chills. Chills. And that's not going to be the last time. We go to like, everyone's like, and it's raining. It's raining as they're picked up filming. And like, everyone's in their home doing stuff. Schwartz's dog is humping a teddy bear, which like, that says something. <laughs> I wonder where he learned that from. And, and then we go, I'm like, I was like, oh my God, we're starting with this scene. We we're at Tom and Ariana's house. And Ariana's friend Meredith is there comforting her. And Tom is in the bathroom just, like, grooming his mustache, like, nonchalant, like, just, like, like, as if it's a normal fucking day. Ariana says, you know, I hate him, but it's quickly turning into indifference. He just gives me the ick. And then Ariana is drinking wine that they got on their first trip to Napa Valley, like, like, intentionally. So Meredith, Meredith leaves for a moment so they can, you know... Whatever. Sandoval then comes into the kitchen and goes, and this is what we saw in the trailer. He goes, and then looks in the cabinets and goes, you want anything? And Ariana, Ariana goes, for you to Good die. Time. And Sandoval goes, well, that's inevitable. No, I mean now, you motherfucker. Right now. Ariana goes, how was, last, how was the other night with Raquel last night? And he goes, I was at Schwartz's. And he goes, it doesn't really mean anything since you were at Schwartz's when he was on FaceTime. <sighs> Tom then goes and sit, get, grabs his drink and sits down. And Ariana goes, you still haven't said sorry for what you actually did, by the way. And Sandoval sits down, long pause, 
takes a long sip of his drink and goes, Every time I try to apologize to you, it just makes you more angry. Oh, really, Tom? <laughs> oh, you're shocked she's angry? I'm sorry. Uh, this, whole, this, whole, this whole time, it's like, he says it a couple times where it's like, I mean, I can't believe Ariana won't just let me apologize to her without screaming at me. He's like, mm, I got to pace myself. I got to pace myself. <laughs> Ariana goes, good. Let me be angry. You should still fucking apologize. And Sandoval's like, I didn't want to hurt you. And Ariana says, but you did it over and over and over again. And Sandoval goes, I mean, we stopped. It, it happened, and then it didn't happen for a while. And she goes, oh, great. And then this is the... That's almost worse. It's like, oh, I so don't you took... I believe him. Like, so you took time to reflect <laughs> and then thought, nah, might, might need to fuck her again. Yeah. And then this is when Ariana goes fucking in. She goes... I've been with you for nine years back when you lived with Schwartz, when you were wearing combat boots and skinny jeans and didn't have a fucking dime to your name driving a 1997 Honda Civic. I loved you then when you had nothing. You got a little bit of money, a little bar, a little band, and then this girl's going to act enamored with you like, oh my God, oh, uh. Because that's what you want, huh? You want someone to just gas you up. That girl is searching for identity in men. She has no identity of her own. Fucking clock them. Clock them down. Willing to stoop so low to fuck one of her best friend's life partners and that's someone you think is a good person? Which, I love that. Like, Ariana's just like, you guys think you're meant for each other? But you literally are terrible people and you know you are because of what you did to me to get to the point where you're together. Yeah. And you're going to think that you have a healthy relationship? Yeah. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. And Sandoval says, you know, uh, you know, we became good friends, and I was seeking something that I wasn't getting. You know, you know I, I get it selfish. And Ariana goes, selfish is the, is the nicest word to say for it. She and, then is going to give him a few more words yeah. <laughs> at the reunion. Sandoval says, you know, me and, Bikel, me and Raquel became really good friends. And this is where Ariana goes, I don't give a fuck about fucking Raquel. Your friendship is fucking bullshit. And then Sandoval stands up and starts yelling at her, which we find out later. He was yelling at her after he, she fucking found out the gall of this motherfucker and goes, no, it's not. And she goes, yes, it is. It's bullshit. And, she, and he goes, oh, you know everything. Oh, Ariana knows everything. Wow. This, this, for anyone that is keeping track, this is the real Sandoval. Yeah. It's, it's illuminated for the world. Pure and simple. And he goes, well, guess what? It's real because she treats me with fucking respect. Something I haven't gotten from you in a long time. The contempt dripping from his voice is just I I just how the gall of him to say that I just I don't understand I'm trying to get you to understand and Ariana goes that you just had to fuck my friend 
in Sandoval Goats. It, it's not about fucking. It was about respecting each other and giving each other confidence. And Ariana mimes hanging herself and goes, this is what you sound like. <laughs> and then and then I cannot believe he does. He tries to fucking gaslight her like he tried to gaslight us on Howie Mandel to her fucking face yeah. as if she wasn't fucking there. He, he's like, you know, we were separated all the time. We had no sex life. I lost my mojo. And Ariana goes, so fuck my friend. Fuck my friend. Get your mojo back. Fuck my friend. <laughs> and Sandoval goes, when I turned 40, I said, this can't be the rest of my life. And then, ooh, then Ariana goes, that's a very normal thing. That's why you go to couples therapy together. And we could have. Which means he didn't, which he claimed they did on Howie Mandel. Sandoval's a liar. Sandoval's a liar. <laughs> He's a fucking liar. He never went. I believe her. She nev- they never went to couples therapy. He, Not once. Um, you know, and Ariana's like, we, you either get through things together or you break up. And Sandoval's like, I tried to talk to you. You know, and Sandoval goes, the last few months, the amount of times I got an apology from you on one hand. And Ariana goes, the last few months, you were fucking my friend. Also, didn't he say on Howie Mandel that in the nine years, the amount of time she had apologized, yeah. he could count on one hand? But also, didn't he say on the Howie Mandel podcast that towards the end, she was getting better? Right. And she was improving? Right. He can't think, he doesn't, he can't think of what he said. He literally can't think of it. Like, like he goes, you put the pressure on me. And this is where he tries to gaslight her. You put the pressure on me to stay in the relationship. You know, I wanted to end things two weeks ago. You, I, or I went up to you and wanted to end things two weeks ago. You literally told me, I'm not letting you break up with me. And you have to force me out of this. What he said on the podcast. And she just goes, if that was true, then you would have never been in my bed after that night. Right. Which nailed that. You know, Sam was like, I felt bad. You know, you know, and he's in, I forgot. He says like, at this point it was too late. I don't remember what he's referencing. And Ariana's like, don't be a fucking coward. And Sandoval said, you know, it's not about someone stroking my ego and it's not about looks. It's about something much deeper. No, it is. It's about stroking your ego. And stroking, never mind. Um, but one thing, something that she brings up, and I can't remember exactly where, is when he makes that claim of, you wouldn't let me leave. She clarifies what she actually said that he warped into that. Right. Which was the, no, I said, you're going to have to be the one to leave because I'm not bailing on us. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a complete bastardization of what she was saying. Yeah. She was saying, I'm not going to give up on us. I'm going to keep working on us and try and make this work. Yeah. You are the one who was going to have to leave. She's yeah. not saying she's not going to let you leave. Lying piece of shit. Sandoval is like, we became a support system. You know, and Ariana's like, don't you fucking dare talk to me about your deep connection. And, you know, he keeps talking. He's like, it's important that you hear you. It's important that you hear it. Why is it important that she hears that you and Raquel are connected? Why does that fucking matter in any fu- Like, why? Because she's going to forgive you? Do you honestly think she's going to forgive you and understand your point of view for what you did to her? Are Absolutely you- not. And then she's literally goes, just shut it- up. It's, None of this is for Ariana. Yeah. You know that, right? It's for the cameras. Yeah. She goes, shut up. It's fucking gross. Say it to her. And then she goes, when are you going to see her next? And Sandoval goes, tomorrow. 
He could have lied. Yeah. Well, and the, and <laughs> he could have lied. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. She goes, oh, great. And you're going to kiss and hug and talk about your deep connection. And Sandoval goes, I don't know. And Ariana says, why didn't you just say no? You could have just said no. Yeah. And Ariana's like, I was ride and die for both of you. And the fact that she is smiling in my face while smiling on FaceTime with you is disgusting. And Sandoval goes, I'm sorry you had to see that. And she goes, why don't you be sorry you ever fucking did it? And then this, I quote this monologue. I listen to this over and over. It puts me to sleep at night. It is so soothing. <laughs> she goes, I regret every moment I ever stood up for you, defended you, supported you. You're worth nothing. And I want you to feel that deep in your soul. I want you to hear those words coming from the mouth of the woman that fucking stood by you and loved you and was ready to build the rest of my life around you. Hear my words and know that that's how I feel about you. And then Sandoval audibly gulps. And she goes, I regret ever loving you. <laughs> it's so good. It gives me chills every single time. And then she goes, any last words before we never speak again? So good. And then he's just like gobsmacked and he goes, I never thought this would happen. I thought we would be together forever. And Ariana starts tearing up and goes, I would have followed you anywhere. I would have changed any part of whatever you weren't happy with. I was a hundred percent committed to you as of literally two days ago. And that is so true. That's the frustration. He, and all the bullshit he made up of issues in the relationship, maybe the sex stuff, but that's his ego. That's it's right. real. But the stuff that he made up, she would have fixed in a fucking instant. But he didn't care about getting better with her. He didn't care about saving the relationship. He wanted fucking Raquel. Yeah. It's so gross. And then Sandoval cries and is like, we had really good times. And she's like, yeah. And then it's just awkward silence. And then he leaves. And the, the music... You were playing the music over the top of this. It was so good. Literally with whoever picked this, like they need, they also need an Emmy just for them, for this song choice. Yeah. The lyrics are our love turned to rust, broken hearts to dust, nothing left of us, but memories. Oh, so good. Yeah. We then go to Schwartz's apartment and Sandoval shows up. And as soon as he walks in, he's like, hi. And Schwartz goes, there he is, the most reviled man in America. Joking, shut the fuck up. Joking with him. Literally Schwartz, shut the fuck up. Schwartz, Schwartz almost pissed me off more than Sandoval this episode. We'll get into it. We will fucking get into it. You know, Schwartz is like, you know, this is very bad. And then Sandoval hugs Schwartz. And he's like, I'm so sorry, man. He has more. Shut up. He has more tears for Schwartz than Ariana. And I clocked this watching it through. I was like, he only has tears for people who he thinks are going to be sympathetic to him. Anybody that he thinks is going to challenge him, he's biting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally, totally. And then you know, Schwartz is like, well, I'm not going to beat you up while you're down. I mean, you had a game plan. You just didn't put in. Like, Schwartz is saying this, like, he's still, I believe Schwartz is still in, in, help mode like he's still in like i have to push the narrative i have to push the narrative i guarantee you they talked before this conversation i guarantee you i'm sure but i also think that this was more of a indicator of 
of what we all assumed, which was there was a plan to hide this until after the season yeah. so that they didn't have to answer to anyone. Which he claims later that she he was going to tell her before the reunion. What? No. Yeah, I'm going to tell her right before she has to go in front of a camera and act like nothing's happened. Idiot. Why would you instead not wait and say something right after? F- Why would you not have just said something when filming wrapped? Yeah. Schwartz is like, it's not good. I mean, our, our, our Yelp reviews, they went from 4.8 stars to one stars. And I pause when they show the reviews on the screen. One of the reviews says, Red Lobster has better decor. That's a good <laughs> comment. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, God. Swartz is like, I exhausted my soul into Swartz and Sandy's. You know, is he, Swartz this whole time is only thinking about the restaurant. And I get it. I get it. But he also, it would the be. The restaurant is honestly tangential. He only cares about how it affects him. Yeah. And it's, it would be one thing if he was talking, thinking about the repercussions that he's facing. But he does, he never in this episode points the blame of that where it should go. Right. And it's to Sandoval. Like, he should have been way harder on Sandoval in this. Oh, yeah. You know, and then Schwartz, this is what, Schwartz is like, I mean, can you do a post to basically explain that I'm not complicit in this? Oh, God, that's where that post came from? Exactly. Because Schwartz didn't think, hey, you should post saying you're sorry to Ariana. Like, Like, post to say that I had nothing to do with this. You know, and, and Schwartz is like, Sandoval confided in me and said, out of respect for Ariana, you, I said, out of respect for Ariana, you have to tell her. And Sandoval, <laughs> Sandoval goes, I wanted to tell her. And every time I wanted to tell her, I just got this vibe that she just didn't want to fucking know. You know, those vibes where you're like, <laughs> you know, I'm fine with you having an affair behind my back. I just don't want to know about it. <laughs> you know, those vibes. He said, he said, Swartz then sits on the, f- this is where I was like, this is performative. Swartz is like, I can't even, like, I have to sit and like sits on the floor when there's a chair right next to him. He, like, this was so performative. It was like, and then Sandoval's like, and then Sandoval tries to tell the story, right? Sandoval goes, you know, after guys night in Mondrian, nothing happened that night. But then we took shots and kissed it and, and kissed at the Abbey. He's, we find out later. He's literally lying to Schwartz. He's literally lying to Schwartz. He told a completely different story to Ariana. Completely. Yeah. And I just, it, it makes it frustrating because it's like, how much of this is lying to Schwartz was actually lying to Schwartz and how much of it was just saying a lie on camera? Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't even think he can track it. Like, I genuinely think he's lost track of, of what he's told to who and what the intention was of what he's told in what scenario. Right. That makes him a pathological liar. Yeah. And so, San, uh, and then, you know, Sandoval victimizes himself some more. And he's like, you know, you know, we were not intimate. I was only able to jerk it to porn in the bathroom. And, you know, and Schwartz is like, you know, this is all relatable. <laughs> but you had so many opportunities to sit down with Ariana. You know, and then, you know, Swartz said, I told you last week to tell her. And Sandoval was like, me and Raquel had to be on the same page. And this, I, I, I got out of my seat when he said this. He said, you know, after that night, nothing happened until Life is Beautiful, which is that concert where she, Raquel was on her, his shoulders. 
Do you nothing. remember when that was? September. Okay. Yeah. Nothing happened till life is beautiful or whatever. Ariana never asked. Me being like, I'm going to Schwartz. All she would have had to do is follow me and see that, you know, I'm not. Oh, it's Ariana's. Ariana's. It's Ariana's fault. You're right, Tom. It's Ariana's fault she didn't stalk you to make sure that you were going to Schwartz. Is this motherfucker for real? Like, is he, does he hear what he's saying? Also, it doesn't matter because you were going to Schwartz to beat off to her in the bathroom on FaceTime. Even Schwartz thinks this is so crazy that he said that. He goes, I mean, you don't want to put that responsibility on her. <laughs> he's even, that's too far for Schwartz. And, you know, and Schwartz is like, you know, and this also pissed me off. Schwartz goes, People are upset with me. Just for being your business partner and friend, I'm fucking canceled. Which, that's no, that's not why. That's not fucking why. I mean, that's part of it, but that's like such a, like, it's because uh, base it's, level boiling down of what it is. It's like, there's so much more to it than that. And Sandoval, and this will also piss me off, even though I disagree with Schwartz on this. Sandoval's response, he goes, okay, we'll stay off social media. Like, coldly. And this is what I'm talking about. Sandoval exploits Schwartz all the fucking time. And it's, well, for him to just be like, well, stay off social media. You're a dick. You've ruined this man's life. He's actively participated, but you ruined his life. I, I, I still maintain that if Sandoval had not been involved, Schwartz would be probably a better person at this point, And him and Katie would not have split up. I agree. I fully agree. We go back to Ariana's and Ariana's with Brad and Logan and Sheena and Katie is co- are coming over and Sheena comes in and just starts bawling and hugs Ariana. It's like, you don't deserve any of this, which we were like, oh God, Sheena's, cr- Sheena's making it about herself. By the end of this episode, I was team Sheena. I, I was fully team. I, it, it's crazy. It's crazy how this fucking is like turned things like, um, and then. Uh, Sheena's like, it's not even like this was like an oops, we just kissed one time when we were on acid in Coachella. This is a full-blown love affair. Um, Also, that's telling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like, you just admitted. So, were they doing acid and kissing at Coachella and everyone just excused it because they were on acid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Katie comes by and Sheena and Katie are putting their stuff aside. They're like, we got bigger fish to fry. Like our issues are nothing like, you know, <laughs> in terms of that stuff. Um, Ariana tells then, Ar- okay. So then Ariana tells them what exactly happened at Tom Tom. And then that's where she said that the stream recording was from the night before. And he was at Schwartz when he recorded it. Which blew Katie's, Katie's mind. Like, what? And then, so she calls up Raquel, right, and is pissed and tells her to tell her, tell her what happened. And Raquel says, it's like, says, well, it started right after the girl's trip. And she goes, so right after Charlotte died. Yeah. After her dog died. And then Raquel allegedly told her that they kissed, but Ariana pressed Tom when they were in the backyard. And Tom said he fucked her in the back of their car last night, that night. Which, again... He did not. He told Schwartz just however many minutes ago in this episode, nothing happened after the Mondrian. Right. It was that they kissed the next night at the Abbey and it was just a kiss. And he didn't have a keys to get it. So he rang the doorbell and she had to let him in. And the part where she says, we were wondering because she says my emotions were all over the place and he was angry at me, angry at me. 
I actually think now she was talking about the night she found the footage. I it could still be the could, night where it he could came still in. be the night where he came in. And, and the reason I say that is because, well, it, I, I see what you mean, though, like because she also talks about him throwing a beer can in the backyard at the back wall on yeah. Watch What Happens Live um, that night when she found out. But the night of, I can understand why he, why he would try to come in. He's n- doesn't have his keys yeah, and is like knocking on the door and she's like, Grieving, grieving her dead dog grieving her dead dog probably intoxicated in some way probably like on the verge of sleep and like not completely coherent and so she's slow to get to the door and he's angry because he's having to knock on the door and not able to just sneak in the house after having done this yeah can't just go upstairs and wash the stink of his mistress off of him Ugh. Yeah, it, yeah. Either scenario, I think, is is believable in terms of that. I mean, probably I, both. I believe anything, honestly. And then so Sheena talks about what happened in New York, and she's just like, I had so much rage in me, and she's bawling, and she's like, I kept shoving Raquel, being like, Get the fuck away from me! Get the fuck away from me! And she's like, I don't know if my nail scratched or if her head turned and she hit the fence or the wall, but she's now telling shorts, Sheena punched me. She punched me. And then uh, Sheena in her confessional, going full OJ Simpson. <laughs> it is scientifically impossible for me to form an actual fist with these nails and she's showing and in the process of she literally forms a fist she doesn't though if you look at her she's got her nail it's like to the point where her nails are pressing into her palm yeah and she would not be able to actually punch somebody and keep her nails but also like that's we talked about it at the time it's like i'm fine if she punched her oh i'm fine if she punched her too but I don't want Sheena getting into legal issues. Sure. And so, everything gets dropped. So Yeah. And she's like, my hands don't work like that. I'm not a puncher. <laughs> Kate, okay. So, and then Katie's like, Schwartz obviously knew about this. And she's like, there was a comment that he made while we were at BravoCon that has now stuck with me after this whole thing came out. And she's like, I was poking Schwartz about Raquel wearing this Tom Tom hoodie at BravoCon. And she was like, she was wearing a Tom Tom hoodie with like no clothes on underneath. It was like a dress hoodie or whatever and he, I, she was following them around like a groupie and she was like and katie was poking at swartz being like oh you got your little fangirl over there and swartz said she's not there for me trust me mm-hmm. andy has that sweatshirt yeah. at the clubhouse i think he should burn it yeah yeah <laughs> and i also love katie just being like i feel ill and i also feel like i want to draw blood uh, yeah <laughs> so so true that that sums up my reaction to this whole thing. Yeah. And then in, in poetic justice, Logan, uh, her friend, uh, breaks that penis flute over her knee. Jeez. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect symbolism. What is that from? What season is like that a couple, from? It was like season six or seven, I think. Yeah. Um, we go to then James and Allie's apartment. And James is like, I'm a nervous wreck. Like, you know, it scares me how people can do this. And he's like, I'm not even mad at Raquel. I'm mad at Tom Sandoval. And in his confessional, James is like, Sandoval's the definition of a backstabber. I always used to look up to him. And then we cut to this flashback of like Sandoval being like, Sandoval literally saying, talking about Raquel, she's not going to betray you, man. I'm not going to betray you either. Wow. And James is crying in the confessional. And I don't blame him. I, Sandoval and him were the closest of friends. Yeah. And Sandoval... But again, the reason that Sandoval, now that I think about it, 
the reason that Sandoval latched on to James when James was so unpopular was to be the good guy and yep. to be the hero. Like it's the same thing he's doing to Raquel now. Yep. It's the same shit. Yep. He preys off the fucking vulnerable and it's gross. Um, Lala and Katie then come over and Lala basically talks about how her intuitions were right. And then Lala goes, you think this is the first time he's been creeping around? No one chooses that they're going to cheat on their, oh, I'm going to cheat on my girl with her best friend. No, that is comfortability. Yep. And she's right on that. And then Lala brings up what was going around a couple weeks ago, which was that there used to be old rumors about Sandoval cheating on Ariana with Billy Lee. And I believe that. I oh, fully I believe too. that now. And she goes, we need to open that case back up. It went cold, and I think it needs to uh, not be cold anymore. Pop that shit in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> and then this scene was so... So James is like, I'm going to call Raquel and put her on speakerphone. And you guys act like you're not here. <sighs> so he does this. And this was mean, but I'm fully with... Like, I'm team James. James is the number one guy in this group. He's the, <laughs> he's the man. He calls Raquel and goes, hi. And she's like, he goes, how do you feel about what you've done? And Raquel was like, I, well, I feel shitty. And then James asks, are you in Sandoval? Are, are you in Item now? And she goes, no. Bullshit. The fact that she's still lying. She's still lying. Raquel is a liar. <laughs> Raquel is the liar. Um... And then James here goes, you lied to everyone's fucking face. You done diddly fucked yourself over. And all the people you were building friendships with, you literally just trashed it for like Sandoval's like little cocky cock. Like his stinky 40-year-old cock. Like seriously, Rick- <laughs> He called his cock stinky. <laughs> also, I love how your impression of James has just turned into Zoolander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Raquel is like, well, James, you're the last person I need to explain anything to. Is he the last? Really? I don't think so. And James goes, you're not the brightest chick. Come on now. Wow. And, and Ali is like miming, hang up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Perfect. So, oh, my God. So then Sandoval goes to Raquel's apartment like he promised. They take shots and then chase it with Coors Light, which, again, it's like, what the fuck? Also, they take shots and cheers them. What are you cheersing to? Well, Sandoval goes, cheers to being in hell where we belong. And Raquel goes, I don't actually think we belong in hell. You know, we were just people who were friends that started having feelings for each other. She's in... She's drank the Kool-Aid. It's, it's full. Like, full, she is a part of his cult. She speaks Bravo, talks about it all the time. Sandoval's a cult leader. Yeah. And she is a f- fully devoted member of his cult. You know, and he's like, you know, I, it's just like, you know, when, you know, trying to get you to hook up with Schwartz and that, you know, I kept telling him, like, Ariana's great. And she's like, you just call me Ariana. Ooh. First red flag. First? Yeah, well. In this conversation. Yeah. And then Sandoval's like, can we kill some of those lights? I'm like, oh, God, great. He's going to get turned the, the um, what's the projector lights? The galaxy light. The galaxy light, light on it. he did. Well, no, no, no. He turns off the main light, so the galaxy light is more prominent. It was uh, like, Ugh. Oh, no, I thought you meant he's going to turn on the galaxy light. No, no yeah, he did. It was, yeah. Uh, Raquel says she told her family, and Sandoval's like, your mom hates me. And Raquel, this was so telling. Raquel goes, what about your family? Or... Do you, do you want to talk about that? We don't have to talk about that. Like, she's policing in her head what to say on camera. 
because also and and clearly talking about um the, Sandoval's parents because of the TMZ story that came out that Sandoval took her home for Christmas. Yep. And they were allegedly like, we don't support this. What the fuck are you doing? Even though Ariana said on Watch What Happens Live, she hasn't spoken to them since this all They have not reached out at all. Which is crazy. In the words of Raquel, I can see where Sandoval gets it from. Yep. Um, you know, and Sandoval's like, you know, oh, this moment, Sandoval goes, yeah, they love you. And Raquel goes, I love you too. And Sandoval's like, I mean, I said they love you. And she goes, oh. And he's like, but I love you. And puts her head in his hands. And I was like, I'm going to fucking lose it. This is fucking <laughs> insane. You know, this is time 742 that I even got up off the couch. Yeah, she goes, I know we always said we wouldn't fucking do this if we didn't think that it was worth it. This? You think this is worth it? And she says, this is not ideal. And she snickers and she la- She has, in this scene and in her confessional, the biggest fucking smile on her face. And I get people smile when they're uncomfortable. No, this isn't the one of those cases. Because it's matching. Like, she... She doesn't... She has no remorse. She has no fucking remorse for None. what she did. And we were trying to diagnose, like... Like it, because people were like, "I think she's on the autism spectrum." I think no, she, I think she's just gullible. Well, and but she also has whatever case where she doesn't understand that her actions like affect people in the peripheral. She doesn't see them like visually. I mean, maybe, but honestly, I'm I'm not here for letting her escape into a diagnosis for something. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're we're not even entertaining those conversations. They hug and they like I can't kiss you on camera and she's like me either. It's so weird. It's so weird we're on camera. And then the producer in her confessional is asked like, "Why do you think this happened?" And she has a full fucking smile on her face. And she was like, "I was just so curious to know what it would be like to be physical with someone that you love because I already knew I loved him as a friend and I never had sex like that before." diabolical insane and you pointed out you you made a great point the dress that she is wearing in the confessional is the same dress from last week where she was in the confessional using ariana's body image issues to justify why they don't have sex and that they're not having good sex and that's why their relationship's bad so that was filmed after scandal yeah sick she is sick in the fucking head um, you know, and she's like, I just didn't have the willpower to not see him. And then Sandoval like l- starts looking at Raquel's scratch. She's like, yeah, it hurts. And she's like, I put so- Sheena on speakerphone. And she was like, yeah, I punched that bitch. I think she said I pushed that bitch. Yeah. She- well, Sandoval's a liar. He's just a liar. He's a fucking liar. I don't believe anything. And Raquel's like, and I thought, is, is this my karma? And it scares me. And I felt so isolated. I only have you, my parents, and my sister to have my best interest at heart. Why is that? Why is that? Maybe it's because you've shat on everyone else in your life. And then she has the gall to say, and even with you, it's questionable. Like, am I really going to put my life on the line? For someone that would cheat on someone they love so much? 
because that makes me think you would be capable of doing that to me. And that is why Sandoval reportedly wanted to refilm this scene. Yeah. I guarantee you. He goes, no, 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 of course. I would His nev- entire energy changed. He, he was like, I would never do that if there, was so- if there wasn't something there. That is so fucking insulting to her, to Ariana, to like, you've done it in every fucking relationship. And I guarantee you every fucking relationship, you told them there, there was something more there. Yep. You know, Sandals like, I can't predict the future, but when I kissed Raquel, I felt hope. I, fe- I felt like, wait a minute, you aren't washed up. Your best days aren't behind you. Maybe they're just beginning. I'm sorry. Didn't he just tell Ariana that this wasn't about ego? It literally is about your ego. And then Raquel laughs and, and you know, this turned out horribly wrong. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. What? I just, I don't mm. But these are like learning experiences, right? And then we get the flash on the screen that says, after filming this scene, Raquel turned off her phone and was not seen or heard of for weeks. Yep. We go to Villa Rosa. Ariana arrives and immediately cries to Lisa and hugs her. And like, like it was like a deep cry. Like Ariana yeah. is like, yeah, it was so I, and she, Ariana was like, I'm trying to lean into my anger because it's the only thing that keeps me from dry heaving. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, but also yes, lean into their anger. <laughs> and I did not Le- Can I say Lisa was off this episode I didn't like Lisa this episode She goes And I gotta say None of us really suspected a thing What? Ken did When he came into the, the kitchen Like what the fuck? Like you did suspect something I don't know what she meant by that And, and then LVP asked if Schwartz knew And Ariana's like I mean he's only reached out to me today Via text And we see the text message that he sends her. I, this, I was done. I was done with Schwartz. Burn him alive. I'm done. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, I'm gonna read this text. It is so goddamn fucking infuriating. The text reads, and I can hear it in his voice too. Morning, Ariana. Hopefully you're resting a li- at least a little easier now. I'm not here to make excuses for Tom and justify his actions. He confided in me and I told him what he needed to do sit you down and tell you everything out of respect for everything you guys have built together. I guess he was about to tell you and this all blew up and you got humiliated in the worst possible way. I'm not going to try to tell his story. You just did. You should jet set somewhere fabulous and just absolutely spoil yourself. Sheer decadence. Turn your phone off. I hope you don't have too much ill will towards me. This whole situation is just effed. I don't want to kick my guy when he's down. But my God, the amount of anxiety and backlash I'm getting because of his actions are insane. Anyways, just to know that I care about you and you know, and know you're going to be just fine. How dare he send that text? I just... How dare he? I... Uh, there were... And the thing is, is that there were parts of that that were fine small parts but there were parts and it's like don't talk about yourself don't Don't talk about yourself and what it's doing to you like if he had said if he had stopped after the um even if it was after the the part about 
going on a trip and taking care of yourself. Yeah. If he had left out the part about himself um, and how it was affecting him, I think it might have been okay. Even the little bit at the beginning where he was like, I told him he needed to tell you. Um, I think if he had left out the... Uh, but I'm not explaining up, his story. <laughs> right, that part. I think if he had said, you know, the the whole intro and then I told him to tell you, um, I'm sorry that this happened the way that it did. I'm sorry it happened at all. Also, you need did he... to go away. And He never said, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and then gone into the, you need to, you know, take care of yourself and pamper yourself and really take time for you um, and look after yourself. And hopefully we can get together and talk whenever you're ready. Yeah. But he didn't. But he, he didn't. Because he it, was, it was so close to that, right? Like... And then he, like, took massive dumps in the middle of it. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, half of this is good, and then half of it is trash. Yeah. LVP is like, you know, and I also heard that, like, Raquel's, like, disappeared off the face of the earth. And Ariana goes, she should. She should move to another state and change her name back to Rachel because she will not be welcome in this town. Bitch, you're the mayor. Crown Ariana <laughs> the mayor of, of West Hollywood. Goddamn. Um, LVP's like, I didn't know Raquel would be capable of this. And this is also where she was like, you know, the physical connection wasn't there. And along comes this beauty queen, beauty queen. It was just too much to resist. Don't say that, Lisa. Like, Lisa has a tendency to like. It's the Toms. Yeah. She will always defend the Toms. It, it was kind of, yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Uh, Ariana is like, I hate him so much. And LVP just comforts her. And she's like, you'll come out on the other side of this. We then go to Katie's apartment and Schwartz is bringing the dogs over for an exchange. Um, Katie's like, I need to talk to you. And Schwartz goes, okay, can I grab a Coke? And then he grabs a Coors Light. <laughs> that, that's not a Coke, my guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, it's just been crazy. Like, how's Ariana doing? Like, I love that. He's like, how's Ariana doing? You know, I try to reach out, whatever. Katie says nothing. Katie says nothing until he sits down. And then as soon as they sit down, there's a couple moments of silence. And Katie goes, okay, how long did you know? Like, she's like, I'm not playing with you. I'm not having this, like, a yeah. delightful conversation. I'm interrogating your ass. Yeah. I need fucking answers. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know. I, I didn't mark it on my ca fucking calendar. I guess Tom came to me like a month ago. And Katie goes, no, I don't believe that. And he's like, <laughs> Katie's like, because of the comment. She's like, you didn't make that comment and you found out a month ago. And Katie's like, you know, she talks about the Toms always having each other's back and covering for each other. I mean, get the flashbacks yep. of even Swords being like, I mean, if Jax did it, I would cover for him, but he didn't do it. Like... <laughs> And Katie's like, they're just each other's true, disgusting lovers. And then Katie brings up the Bravo comment, BravoCon comment to him. And he goes, I didn't say that. And Katie's like, you said that. Don't, like, don't gaslight me, motherfucker. You fucking said that. And Katie's like, I know both of them. And I, I know, uh, uh, and I know Sandoval's ego is big enough that he would be, it would not be okay with Schwartz pursuing the girl that he is in an affair with. Yeah. He, that that's so like Katie's so clear headed. He's like Swartz spent the summer mingling and and romancing and flirting with Raquel. Sandoval would not be okay with that at all. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then Swartz like goes from I didn't know until last month to 
I mean, I knew limited information. And then Katie goes, so why don't you get on the right side of things and shock everyone and tell the truth for once? And then Schwartz says, so I knew about the one night stand. Meaning what he later says, the August date. And says, it was after guy's night at the Mondrian. Right. So now he, so he lied to Schwartz on camera, but Schwartz knows the truth. That, that meaning with Schwartz and Sandoval in the apartment was planned. Right. It was planned out. He says, he's like, I just justified it because Sandoval said he kept trying to break up with Ariana multiple times. And sometimes he would change his mind like a day or two and be like, no, but I still love her. And he's like, my reputation's been sullied and I did nothing wrong. And he's like, I'm just worried about the bar right now. And Katie goes, fuck the bar. He just blew up his life. You've been his bitch boy for how many years? By you being closely associated with him, you're going to lose a lot of friends. Yeah. And she's dead on. Katie desperately just wants to be like, dude, it's Sandoval's fucking fault. Sandoval blew up your life. Literally. And he can't connect it. He's like, I don't think so. I'm just a dude. And he's like, I'm just a dude trying to get by in life. I got a lot of my mind, my health, my wealth, my family. There's fucking man-eating Nile crocodiles in Florida right now. I don't. And Katie goes, you sound like a country song. (laughs) I don't. Why is he worried? You're literally on the opposite side of the country. Mm. That's oh, oh I guess his, his family. family's in Florida. But okay. like stupid comment. It's stupid it was comment. Stupid. Yeah. So we go back to Ariana's house, and she's got like seven or eight like bouquets of flowers from people on the kitchen table. And then we see the footsteps. And I literally went, Oh my god, I forgot about this scene. I forgot we were getting this. <laughs> and then Kristen shows up. <gasps> And she's like, you look so skinny. And Ariana's like, yeah, I haven't been eating. <laughs> and she's like, do you want a drink? She's like, yeah, something with alcohol. And Kristen's like, when I think of your ex-boyfriend, I need a drink. And Ariana goes, also your ex-boyfriend. And she hugs Kate, Kristen for mine and goes, our ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and laugh. This was, I, this was everything I fucking wanted in this scene. Yeah. This is everything. We'll get to the best part that I know you were so, like, you were giddy. Oh, I was so giddy. Um, and then, so she says, tells Kristen that the U.S., uh, Us Weekly basically reached out. And Tom's camp is saying it to Us Weekly that the relationship was one of compa- companionship and convenience and not love and romance. Keep this in mind. When Swar- Sandoval later wants to be like, I just wanted to protect Ariana. It's, I only didn't say anything because I care about her. Yeah, you care about her so much that your rep is saying that shit to us weekly. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. And Kristen's like, so he's comparing this nine-year relationship to the joke of our relationship. And, it's, and Ariana talks about, like, you know, you know, she told, you know, I kept telling myself in my head that the kiss with Tom was this isolated thing, but now I'm kind of figuring out that, starting to figure out that this is who this person is. And Ariana starts crying and she goes, and it's really shitty that it took nine years to figure out nine years. I could have spent not defending him at your sake. And Kristen's like, Kristen literally goes piss posh about him. Like Kristen's like, do not like Kristen said this already on her podcast. She was like, I was like, do not apologize to me. You have nothing to apologize to me for. Yeah. 
And Kristen literally goes, if anything, I'm sorry that you had to do me the favor of taking him away. Yeah. And that was like bold. And Kristen goes, want to burn some shit? And they're like, yeah. And then they go outside and do a fucking, I guess, would you call it a seance? Or it, a, it's a spell. A spell. It's like, fully a, like, it's literally a, in, in witchcraft, um, fire is cleansing. It's purifying. I knew some of this from stuff that you said to me. Like, I, I was picking, it means so much more when you know all of it. Yeah. Like, it, it really does. And Kristen brought lube as, like, one of the, like, altar um, yeah. things to, like, so we can shove it up his ass. And Ariana goes, no lube, not even spit. Yeah. Um. And then she write Ariana writes on paper, um, like little slips of paper, what she wants to manifest. And she writes true self love and what she, what no longer serves her. And she writes unrequited loyalty. And I, I almost cried. I literally almost cried at this. It was, this was really beautiful. Yeah. And she, uh, Kristen goes ashes to ashes and, and Ariana goes, and dust to side chicks. And then she's like, it's Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> and then they burn it and, and you know, set the uh, intention of it. And goes ash- she goes, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Life is beautiful, so slay we must. It was everything I wanted in that scene. It's it so was good. so perfect. Like, ugh. I really hope Kristen's coming back next season. I, I, really I hope do. she does too. Um, especially because rumor has it that Jax and Brittany will be back. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it, Kristen, I need Kristen back because I know we're never going to get Stassi back. Yeah. So just if for no other reason that I know that Stassi is kind of done with reality television, she doesn't really want to dip back She's into that. She's got a that. family. She's got a family now. Um, and Kristen's the closest we'll get yeah. to getting Stassi back. So that will make my little uh, gay witch heart happy. Sandoval then goes to Villa Rosa. Lisa walks in the living room and just looks at him and goes, I don't really feel it's a hug worthy moment. Yeah. The look of disgust on her face, even though she still kind of coddles him a little bit in this scene. Yeah. It's start- well, the problem is he, she succumbs to his crying. It's yeah. fake crying. But the thing is, is that she succumbs to, to it in the terms of, I need you to stop crying because I hate when people cry around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that is, like, she hates it when people come in to, to work at Sir and they start crying. She's like, I need you to stop that. Yeah. I need you to fucking fix this. Um, Sandoval's like, I didn't want to hurt Ariana. And Ariana has a hard time trusting people. Again, putting it on her. And and LVB goes, well, how do you imagine now <laughs> in terms of her trusting people? And she's like, me and Raquel had every intention to tell her before the reunion. There's no way we could feel like a human being to have Ariana defending Raquel and me. Cut to the flashback. Good on producers. Cut to the flashback of Ariana defending them throughout the season. She was already defending you two. Yeah. You already made her look stupid. Yeah. Ugh. She's like, I would love, Sandoval's like, I would love to have a conversation with her when she's not so angry at me. And then we see in his confessional, she's like, he's like, you know, I'm conflicted about telling details because I think about it hurting Ariana more. Yeah, he doesn't want to be honest because he's such a good guy, guys. He's such a good guy. Yeah, we've just misjudged him this whole time. Yeah. And Sandoval's like, I don't know if I'll ever get that chance. And he goes, <laughs> and fake cries and then goes to the window and has a full fake panic attack. 
Like, it's full, like, Tommy Wiseau, just like, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Like, full on. It's it's bad. It's terrible. And Lisa, at this point, grabs him. He's like, it's going to get better from here on in. And Lisa says, I'm not, and her confessor's like, I'm not turning my back on Sandoval, but I will condemn what he did. They've all been guilty of things. Maybe not quite to this level, but maybe someday the pain will ease. I don't think it's easing. It's not easing. And he's not making it better for himself. Because LVP then ends it by going, you know, you're not a bad person. You just did a bad thing. But then after, but here's the thing. After this, he did another bad thing. And then another bad thing. And then he keeps doing bad things. Right. After this, he's learned nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Like, if it had stopped after boys' night. Yeah. If it had stopped with that one time, then I could say, I could understand that argument of you're not a bad person, you did a bad thing. I, I could get behind that, even though I would still feel the same way. It's like, fuck you and fuck the horse you rode in on. Yeah. But like, I could at least be like, you can come back from this. You can't come back from a seven month affair with your pretty much wife's best friend that you're looking to continue and also flaunt in her face by like bringing Raquel over to the house while she's away. Yeah. No, he's an asshole. Uh, We see Katie, Lala, Sheena, Charlie, and Ariana and Sheena's um, uh, sister uh, at this like rooftop bar getting together. And Lala is already wearing the send it to Daryl hoodie. So good. She turned that shit around quickly. It was like, like clockwork. And also, they're all in black. And Ariana walks in, and she, she looks bomb. She looks phenomenal. And she's like, you guys look like you're dressed for a funeral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then, so now we found out that at this point, Raquel's now filed the temporary restraining order against Sheena. And Sheena's like, I can't believe she's taking this to a legal level. You know, I, she, I was like a mom and a sister to her. And then we find out that Sheena paid for her apartment? Wow. The like fuck Raquel. Fuck her. Like like the uh, and then so Katie then relays to the group what Schwartz said to her about, you know, what he when he knew, etc. and all that stuff. And he's like, he may come by. And Katie's like, Katie talks in her confessional, like, she he owes way more of an apology to Ariana than some stupid apology text. They were close friends. He had made Ariana one of his groomsmen in our wedding. Which I had completely forgotten about. Yeah, so it's like, this isn't just your best friend's girl. You were friends with Ariana. You, she deserves way more from you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Schwartz come by, comes by smiling. Big smile. Hey, guys. How's it going? All of the women pay him fucking like charlie makes eye contact with him and immediately grabs her lip gloss to do anything else but focus on him and charlie goes look who it is the devil walked in (laughs) and ariana goes i don't think anyone here wants to talk to you so you might as well speak to me privately and he goes yeah you want to grab a drink and she's like sure and then schwartz goes this place is so cool i used to have a bar cocktail lounge and lala goes yeah we're currently trying to blow that up (laughs) <laughs> queen, queen. <laughs> and then Schwartz in his confessionals like I mean Ariana and, and Sandoval they had this unspoken pact to never humiliate each other on the show or in life so in his confessional he's still promoting the Sandoval narrative 
He's still promoting the talking points. Yeah. Ariana, and this was so good on Ariana's part. I wish Katie can watch what Ariana did and kind of learn from it all, honestly, when she's dealing with Schwartz at times, because it was masterful. Ariana start, starts and goes, so I'm just going to say off the bat, if I hear anything about him being down or you feeling bad for him, I will get up and walk away. Good. And Schwartz says, okay. And she, he's like, you know, I feel like Sandoval exploited my kindness and my business. And Ariana's like, yeah, well, he apologized to the business before me. So that was kind of fucked up. And Swords is like, you know, I'm not excusing that. It is fucked up. You know, but our partners uh, were freaking out. And, he, and Ariana goes, why would, you know, they're threatening to, like, boycott us. And Ariana goes, why would someone want to give their money to that man? Exactly. That's my point. The idea that you expect them to still support your business? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And Swartz is like, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, and Swartz, because Ariana keeps having answers for him. So he keeps like moving the conversation. He goes, I mean, like, we built a family over at Swartz and Sandy's. And Ariana goes, well, he fucked up your family. He didn't give a single flying fuck about your fucking family. Because what he did think about, what did he think was going to happen? He was going to cheat on me and be able to walk away unscathed? And Swartz is like, I'm sorry. You know, I've just been painted as this co-conspirator. And Ariana says, I don't think you're that person. Clearly, but keep in mind, this is before the episodes have been airing. This is before the footage. Ariana clearly has now watched that back. And based off of what she said on Watch What Happens Live, she fully believes Schwartz was in on it. Yeah. And she's right. She's dead on right. You know, you know, but she says, I don't think you're that person. But at the end of the day, I will not have mutual friends with him. So I'm not your friend anymore. Yeah. And he goes, you know, I was always assured that he was handling it. And Ariana goes, I'm not an it. And Ariana then starts crying and says, you know, I was his ride or die. I tried to get him sober so he could fertilize embryos and give him what he wanted. And then she's like, I wish I didn't miss him, but I feel like I mi- what I miss is not real. Yeah. That cut me. Like, that was like. <sighs> so then. We go to Sheena and Brock's house. And I was like, at first I was like, I don't know why they're ending with this scene. I get timeline wise. Also, by the way, this is two weeks later after this last scene. I think I missed that time jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. Wait, that means it's literally right before they film the reunion. Yeah. Because. It wasn't that long. They had two weeks and then went to the reunion. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sheena's talking to Brock, and she's like, Sandoval texted me asking for a talk. So, And the way, I, I've been down on Sheena this whole season. Sheena redeemed herself. The way she laid it out, and I understand why Sheena's mad. And I remember at first, like, Sheena was tweeting stuff like, this, this feels like it's not even real and stuff like that when it was happening. And people were like, okay, Sheena, you're kind of making this about yourself. But I get it now. I get yeah. it now when she's explaining it. She's like, you know, me and Sandoval have been friends for 14 years. We opened up Villa Blanca together and, and she tells like before Bro- the show. Yeah. And she tells Brock, like, I never expected this to be the outcome when Lala and Katie were saying, you know, there's something weird. There's something weird. And I was like, you're fucking weird. So at least she's like realizing that Lala and Katie were right. And she talks in her confession. She's like, you know, I think about our first upfronts that we ever went to for the show. And I had no friends and no one wanted me even in photos. And Sandoval pulled me in and said, no, you're a part of this. 
And, and, and like I said with James, yeah. he preys off the vulnerable. Yep. He preys off the weak people to make him look like the fucking hero so they're indebted to him. Yep. And that's what Sheena has been. Sheena's been, for the most part, like maybe a little bit here and there, but like for the most part, indebted to Sandoval. Yep. She's always fucking had his back. Uh, Sandoval comes over, and credit to Brock. Brock's like, you know, he's like, hey, and he takes the package that like Sandoval brought in for them, and he's just like, it was a tough one you put us in, bro, and leaves so Sheena can have the conversation. I was proud of Brock for not high five, like not shaking his hand, not, hey, man, how's it going, et cetera, bro stick, yeah. all of that. Good on Brock. Good on fucking Brock. Um, they sit down and there's like a long pause and Sandoval's like, and you could, he was working up a, he was almost trying to like fake work up a cry. Uh-huh. Like he, I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, so I'm sorry to Ariana and I'm sorry to you. Um, and I feel really bad about the things I said to you that night. And then we found out that Sheena went to, was on the phone with Sandoval the night of everything that happened and that Sandoval was saying things like our friendship's not anything and you're no one to me and I thought in that moment I was like oh wait on the fucking Howie Mandel podcast he's like I don't know Sheena anything yeah. I don't know her details of anything he's a piece of shit and I do feel bad for Sheena actually you know and he goes you know when I turned 40 I had this sort of like spiritual awakening. I was going to break up with Ariana regardless. And Sheena goes, but you didn't. You fucked her best friend instead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it- and that's the moment he stopped trying to cry. Because he thought with Sheena being the crier of the group, he would be able to get away with crying with her. Mm-hmm. But the second she decided to cold shoulder him, he he was he sucked done. it up. He was done. He knew he was done. And she's like, "We've been friends for all these years, but I feel like I don't know you at all because because the person I know wouldn't do this." That I didn't know if I agreed with, but she's blinded. She's she's been blinded for years. Like yeah. like she has she had an idea of Sandoval. She's still reconciling that idea. I don't think if you had this scene today it would go the same no not at all and she goes the person i questioned six years ago six years ago in miami which by the way always thought was true and sandoval says that then that ariana actually knew the truth about miami girl so he confirms that he did cheat on her with miami girl yeah vindication for Kristen. and sheena then asks, other than miami girl, is this the first time you cheated and sandoval's like there was one other time and Sheena literally like laughs and goes, you're so sick. Like, like, and also it wasn't just one other time. Like it, there, it clearly not just one other time. Cause um, Sheena, Sheena literally goes, was it a random person? And he goes, yeah, well, no, I mean, it's not fair. I'm not going into it. What? That makes me think it's Billy Lee. Yeah. But then Ariana, talks about on watch what happens live she thinks it's a different person she thinks it's a person that we don't know on the show yeah so why would it be not fair to talk about it if this person's not even on the show he and doesn't be exposed because he anything? doesn't want to like like he thinks again he thinks he doesn't need to give up this information he thinks he doesn't need to give up the details that's what he said on the howie mandel podcast 
Like he thinks. Oh no! I just think that it's because he's talking about Billy Lee and she's talking about somebody else. Oh well, there. Yeah, that's probably true. Sandoval's like, we haven't been good for like four or five years, and Sheena's like, then why did you buy a house together? And yep. Sa- and Sandoval's like, I mean, it, it it was just like a band aid essentially. And then this is where I was like, I was. So- Imagine having so much money you can buy a house as a band aid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fucking privilege. Just like holy fuck, dude. And then this is where I literally clapped for Sheena, and I was—I have never been this pro Sheena in my fucking life. He goes, but like, how do I end a relationship? And she goes, you be a fucking adult and you have a conversation with her. And then he goes, I tried to. She threatened to fucking kill herself. Which again, I don't believe. First off, but we talked about it. I guarantee you, it was like what she said to Lala about how have I not like faked my death and and left the country, or my life would be over if you know this happened. Yeah, or you know, like any of the other like turns of phrase that are super common that he is already shown to twist. And used to his own narrative. Yeah. But let, let's take for a moment as if it's true what he's saying. Let's take it for a moment. He's like, she threatened to fucking kill herself. And Sheena goes, then you know what you do, Sandoval? You fly in Tanya, you bring over Jeremy, and you have all of her fucking friends there to rally around her like we're doing right now. You literally say, I'm leaving. I'm not happy. And then we pick up the pieces like you that you fucking left. You don't fuck her friend. Yeah. That's where I'm like, any explanation he gives falls apart when you critique it like that. Falls apart when you give it the basic bit of sunlight yeah. of like, this is not an excuse in any form or fashion. And if you actually gave a shit about Ariana, like. And this is why he wanted to go on Howie Mandel. Yeah. Because he wasn't going to get this pushback there. But that's the thing. Like, there was no, like, there was no follow-up question on Howie Mandel of like, if she said she was going to kill herself, did you tell anyone? Did you tell her friends? Also, she said that she was going to fucking kill herself, and then you went on FaceTime to masturbate with Raquel? What is wrong with you? You know that thing of when your your lover is suicidal, and so then you have an affair about it? Ugh. And then Sandoval in his confessional goes, you know, from an outside point of view, it's easy to say I should have broken up with Ariana. Yeah, yeah, it really it literally is. Actually, is. yeah, it's 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 actually really easy from every point of view. Which I should have, but emotionally, it was like climbing Mount Everest, and I was like, "Well, you will clearly love that because remember, you love stimuli. You want something to get your get your jollies off. You would have loved breaking up with her then." Yeah, clearly. And he's like, but I love Ariana and I care about her. So I also want to look out for her because he's the, he's the hero. Look out for her by fucking her best friend. Sheena's like, obviously we're not friends anymore and I can't support anything you've done anymore. And Sheena goes, right now you don't deserve any friends. And then he's like, I have to feed my baby dinner. And then they just depart and leave. And that's the end of the episode. And then the preview for the reunion of fucking Raquel walking onto set and Ariana not even looking at her. You know what it it felt like? It felt like, you know, those those music video recreations where they have like the 
the really loud she's clacking on the floor and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it felt like the really awkward just like clack 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 you hear like squeaking sneakers and whatnot but it's crazy like i was like what more after this finale i was like what more can be said at the reunion right but then i thought oh wait ariana hasn't confronted raquel to her face yeah they have not spoken since that night it's gonna be so fucking good so yeah. fucking good amazing finale best finale i would like th- to be here and watch it as the saga unfold and the and everything was building in the media and all it's just it was such an amazing i i never have felt like this watching a show L- yeah. literally it was amazing fucking phenomenal yeah fucking I, phenomenal it, i think it's something that is going to go down it's it's kind of like um like Flavor of Love mm-hmm. and like um, uh, Real Housewives of OC, like that first season, like really how they re like imagined what reality TV was. And this will be the third cornerstone of what reality television is. I almost feel like this, it, and it's not even to that level in terms of media buzz, but like it feels like how it would felt if we were watching live when the Brooks cancer thing was happening. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Or honestly, it's like if we were watching live when the whole Taylor Armstrong stuff on Beverly Hills was happening, because that like, like in terms of severity and in terms of knowing the end result and in terms of like, like the emotional element of it, like, Oh man, if I had already known that he had, Oh Yeah. Oh, if oh man, it's it, I have chills. I have fucking chills. So, so amazing! Credit to everyone at Vanderpump Rules. Like you, you've made our fucking like last three months. It's been phenomenal. All righty, let's get into tops and bottoms. Even though I think it's pretty damn obvious. What more can we who, say? Like who they are? It's uh, like it's like so. Our top, both of our tops for the week. Ariana. Ariana, like. I mean, tangentially, the other witches of WeHo, because, like, I think Katie does really well taking it to Schwartz. Mm-hmm. I think Lala has done great all season, even though she's not a witch of WeHo. But I'd love to see Kristen back. Like, uh, I and Sheena's not a witch of WeHo either, but God, like, Sheena seeing was great. her performance there at the, at the very end was really nice. Um, like, but Ariana, just like... Uh, what a star. What, what a fucking a star. What a fucking star. And just seeing her go on this press tour this week, mm-hmm. and I just, I, uh, I'll eat it up. I'll eat it all day, every day. Yeah. It, 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 no, I can't even put it into words. I can't even put it into words. She gave us everything and more, and it was so raw and real, and it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then Bottoms clearly is the poo-poo heads for Poopo Village. <laughs> Sandoval, Schwartz, and Raquel, for me, in that order. But yes, like, like s- such poo-poo heads. Such poo-poo heads. So from Poopo Village. What, such a, what a losing trio. Such losers. Ugh. Fucking losers. I, like, it's, it's so satisfactory knowing how and and if if Raquel is truly in a mental health facility, like you know, that's one thing. I'm not trying to you know. But Bitch just, is getting hot stone massages. That's what I believe too. But like the from all I heard, the restaurant's failing. 
Like, yeah. like Sandoval is like such a like the footage from the concerts are so sad and like pitiful. Jax and, has talked about how Schwartz and Sandy he went in there the other night and it was empty. Yeah, like they have done this to themselves. Yep, they have fucking done this to themselves, and they have no one to blame but themselves. And it's it's so because here's the thing: if Schwartz wanted to save the restaurant. This could have been a last straw for him, right? Because he's already mad at how Sandoval handled things, like just getting the stuff together for the restaurant. Right. And then for this to happen and then for Sandoval to try to use him, I would have been furious. Like, you better believe I would have burnt his house down. Yep. Not physically, but... Mm. Well, no, because I want Ariana to get her money. Yeah, there we go. Um, like, you you better believe he would have come to me with this story and I would have gone, okay, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. You're going to talk to Ariana this week. And while you're talking to Ariana, you need to let her know that she needs to contact me and let me know that you have talked to her. Yeah. If I don't hear from her by Sunday, I'm calling her Monday. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting down and I'm telling her everything. Exactly. That's exactly what he should have done. And we're doing this. Because you have screwed me over for the last time. You did this shit. You fucked up my marriage. You've manipulated me for years. You have drained my pockets and your parents' pockets on this restaurant that you apparently are not invested in at all. We're done. Yeah. We are airing this out now. Yeah. Can we also just say, like, like you, you're dead on. But also that, that implies that he only knew a month ago, and to a certain extent. No, no, no. But, I'm talking about the second he found out during filming. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. That, yeah. And, and I, I, I say this to know that knowing that Sandoval would know this would fucking rip him apart. We can decree right now. Sandoval is worse than Jax. Oh, yeah. He is. Because Jax owns up to his shit. Jax at least owns it. Jax at least says, I fucked up. There's no excuse. I fucked up. There's no excuse. I know you hate me. Yell at me. Blah, blah, blah. Kick me. Do whatever. Right. And that can get annoying sometimes, but it's better than this shit. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing Schwartz should have done is had that conversation with him in front of the cameras. Yes. yes, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he found out during filming. At the very least, he found out at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I would have then said, wait till we get home. Yeah. Don't ruin Sheena's wedding. Wait till we get home. And Schwartz would have redeemed himself. Yeah. Schwartz would have redeemed himself for the terrible fucking season he had. And then after that conversation, I would have then immediately gone and had a conversation with Katie. Mm-hmm. And said, this is what I just found out. I told him to go tell Ariana, if I don't hear from her 
by X date, I'm telling her, and yeah. I would like you to go with me. Yeah. That would, I would like us to tell her together. That's called being a man. Yeah. Be a man, Swartz. I hope, I, I hope to God he... I don't put money on it, but I hope to God he can wake the fuck up and see what Sandoval has done to him. Yeah. I don't hold out hope, but he needs to watch this for what it is and see it laid out for what it is. Yeah. He's been manipulating him for a decade and a half. Yeah. Wake the fuck up. Wake up. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.